Welcome to the Biz Dad Podcast, where we dive into the melding of fathership and entrepreneurship with your host, the original Biz Dad himself, Adam Labar. Adam is a Christian, a former Air Force officer, a dad to three amazing kids, a coach, a real estate investor, and a business owner. On this podcast, he'll explore the unique journeys of amazing dads who are striving for greatness in both business and family. So whether you're a dad who is an aspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned business owner, or simply a man striving to be a better dad, get ready as the Biz Dad brings you conversations to inspire, challenge, and equip you to be a better dad and entrepreneur. And now, here's Adam. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Biz Dad Podcast. Today, I'm excited to uh, to introduce a uh, another good buddy of mine in GoBundance, another Adam. So he's got to be awesome because, I mean, with a name like that, you can't go wrong. Uh, but Adam Hill, he has got a great story. Looking forward to chatting with him about his family, about his businesses, about uh, um, his podcast, about anything and everything that comes up. Uh, but to start, Adam, if you can introduce yourself a little bit, tell us about uh, your family, tell us about your businesses, and then we'll kind of go from there. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me, Adam. This is awesome. And um, and yeah, that's that's one of the, the thrills about being named Adam is you don't get your name mispronounced a lot. <laughs> I guess that's a privilege <laughs> or whatever. So I, I don't think I've ever had anybody, you know, have a problem with it. But, you know, so yeah, I'm Adam Hill. I uh, live in Denver, uh, Colorado, currently, originally from Southern California. Um, so uh, my family, uh, I have my wife, Marie, I've uh, been married to her for about 19 years with two kids, two wonderful kids. Uh, my daughter, Sarah, who's 15, my son, Zachary, who's 12. And, um, and yeah, so we're, we're, we, so the business wise, my, uh, uh, family, um, my great grandfather started a business in Southern California called Hill Brothers Chemical Company. Uh, he moved over from Canada, uh, with his father, uh, started this company in Los Angeles when Los, in 1923, when Los, An- when Los Angeles was nothing but, uh, a few buildings and a bunch of orange fields out there. And he delivered essentially laundry products by bicycle to local, um, local, area businesses and um, uh, laundry mats and things like that. And over the time it evolved, his sons joined the workforce, his four sons joined the workforce and uh, they expanded it. And then um, uh, into the Western states, so Arizona, Utah, and uh, um, the rest of California. And then um, uh, the fourth or the third generation took over, which was my dad's generation. And uh, they continued to build on it. Um, and I recently took over as president la- uh, about six years ago. Uh, so we're in the fourth generation of, of the business. We just celebrated our hundredth birthday uh, a few weeks ago That's and, awesome. um, and we look great for our age. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, um, and yeah, we're, we're, uh, still kicking strong in, uh, all the Western states. Uh, today we sell industrial environmental, uh, chemicals for water treatment, sewage treatment, all of the gross stuff you don't want to think about. But uh, help us stay clean and and all of that good stuff. So nice. um, so yeah, that's a that's a nutshell. Otherwise, I also build a personal brand where I have a podcast, I speak, and um, and uh, I help people to essentially reframe fear and um, and and build a better relationship with it. Uh, to summarize, and we can get into that a bit more if you'd like to. Let's do so. Oh, I'm positive we will. Yes, I'd love to sure. hear a little bit more about that and digging into it. But um, before we do that, though. Um, you obviously told us a little bit about your dad in the fact that yeah. he, um, you know, uh, was one of the 
uh, patriarchs of the company you're, you're uh, now running. So if you can walk me through a little bit of what it was like growing up with him, I'm assuming that, uh, I, I don't think there takes much assumption, but that you kind of ended up where you are right now because of uh, the, the family business and where everything's going. So tell me what yeah. it was like growing up with uh, with your dad and um, you know what, what kind of things maybe uh, you take from, from your, your father and use today. Yeah. So I, I consider myself very fortunate to have you know the parental dynamics that my my parents had in 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 my life um you know we, growing up um and i think we're around probably the same age you know we grew up amongst a lot of friends that were you know uh with divorced parents you know with challenging households and things like that my parents my parents loved each other very much my dad was you know the uh, the epitome of showing love to my mom so right away and you know within um you know the, the one of the first impacts that i've had for my dad is is how how to you know love another person and and, and live with mm-hmm. that person as as a life partner and um and he loved my mom he still loves my mom very much and they still practice that and it's something that has been very aspirational to me as i look at you know how i my relationship with my own wife and um um and as far as from the perspective of 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 the business side of it you know uh, having this family business, it was always growing up knowing that this thing was a family business, knowing that my dad was currently, you know, uh, at least for most of my childhood in a leadership role, not quite running it, but mm-hmm. working for his parents. So this idea of a family business was always, was always a central theme and always was always kind of aligned with how uh, that relationship I had with my dad. It was always associated with his business and, and, this family aspect that was that was around it so um so yeah he i mean you know aside from that it was just a very privileged childhood of 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 um how we were able to grow up with a loving father you know he didn't there there was no nothing really bad there um in fact i mean i think the only the only real challenge was is that i think that you know, uh, being in a business that is, you know, a family business, it's easy, of course, to be pulled away into mm-hmm. that business. And so obviously my my relationship growing up was more like, you know, with, with my mom being there and my dad was working. Um, but I had this amazing, amazing experience with my dad when I was probably 17 or 18. Um, you know, during that time, it was like traditional rebellious teenager kind of thing where I, you know, you know, my parents were not cool at that time, of course. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to spend more time with my friends, but, um, there was this incredible high school trip that, um, where a marine biology class growing up in Southern California next to the ocean, mm-hmm. there was a, a marine ecology class where we learned about, you know, the, the, uh, all the ocean stuff and all that kind of stuff. And, th- and they were going to take a trip down to, uh, Ca- uh, not Cabo San Lucas, but, uh, the Baja Peninsula, um, on the Sea of Cortez, like just in the middle of nowhere. Uh, no like civilization around for like 40 miles. We had to drive on dirt roads to get there. We would camp out for 10 days. And so this was like a class of 30, 40 high school kids doing mm-hmm. this. And that sounds um, dreadful to have to be monitoring that. But anyways, go yeah, ahead. it was, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so this, this is, yeah, dad was a hero, uh, to, to jump into that. But, um, you know, it, it was to, in that instance, it was like, you know, he jumped in and, and said, yeah, I want to go there. Mm-hmm. And and do that, and to you know, to a teenager at that time, it would be like sometimes thinking of it would be like oh, mortifying to think oh, my parents are coming with me on a on a on a trip for ten days, 
Cabo San Lucas or in, uh, in Baja. And, um, but I was like, I was actually like really kind of thrilled about it because it meant like, you know, getting to spend more time. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the defining triggering, you know, experiences I had because it was just, there's something about like taking yourself out of civilization for a while, bringing yourself into a new tribe that where you're all kind of together in that instance and, and living together in that way. And him really showing me for the first time what he was like as a leader, as a, you know, as a, as a person that uh, um, was really caring and, and really digging in and getting to know him deeper on a spiritual level was, was amazing. So I really treasure that experience. And I think that was a defining moment for us on where um, our journey would go from there. And there was a lot of, after that, there was a lot of turmoil and, and a mm-hmm. lot of, you know, challenge. And, and, um, and then, of course, um, you know, growth and, and coming back together kind of stuff. But that was one of the defining moments growing up for me with him. Well, that's, that's awesome. I, yeah. um, I envy, uh, envy is the wrong word. Um, because I, I look back at my relationship with my dad and I had a great relationship with him. Just, it was a relationship when he was able to be home type of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, and it sounded like there was a piece of that in there. And I'd like to kind of ask you about it. Cause you, you'd mentioned like, growing up mostly with with your mom because your dad was you know run helping run the company and doing all the stuff so um did you find that uh so i'm trying to fill some some gaps in my brain right so um great father very happy privileged upbringing mixed with a little bit of but i didn't really get to see him a whole lot until i was in high school doing this high school trip where i finally got to connect with him on a different level um mm-hmm. so like what kind of connections did you guys have in between in between that time that that you maybe you were lacking or maybe that 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 now looking back on it you go i see why that happened or or, you know walk me through any of that yeah and a a lot of this you know comes down to my personality growing up too like i i grew up with a lot of worry with a lot of social kind of anxieties that we don't you know we don't we didn't talk about back then you know we just said like oh you know he's a spaz he's kind of like doesn't you know and so i was kind of that way and and in that way, because like, you know, my dad was at work and I didn't, you know, interact with him like all on in the day to day, there was this, this feeling of like, you know, he's larger than life or he's, he's bigger than, you know. And so I, uh, so there was that disconnect of like that, that, I guess that element of fear where it wasn't like, you know, I was afraid that he was going to hit me or something like that, but mm-hmm. I was like afraid of, I guess a lot of the other stuff like, uh, of disappointing him or, or being confronting with him or, you know, just the, just the, the dread of, of, of having that. So that, that was where a lot of that disconnect came from. And, um, and I think just like the dynamics of, of how, you know, parents were in, in that day, it was like, there, there wasn't a lot of like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to lean into that and, and ask Mm -hmm. like, how are, how are you feeling? What's, you know, how can we connect better? It was just kind of like more of a, a um, um, you know, father kind of like, this is how a father needs to be, which is I'm going to correct you when you're wrong. I'm going to discipline you and I'm going to, you know, uh, um, praise you when you do something well. But going deeper than that is, you know, was was not really something that, you know, I was I was doing um, at an earlier age. Um, and like I say, that's, I think, why that that Baja trip was so defining, because that was that mm-hmm. first opportunity to really do that, which was great. 
So I get the feeling and knowing you a little bit that that's not quite how you like, do you go, I'm guessing a little deeper with your kids based yeah. off of that, that feeling that you had. And like, was with that defining moment, how has that changed the way you wanted to be present as a father? What, um, how did that change your feelings there? Yeah, it's, um, I, I know I, I, it's always in the, it's always in my mind. Like when I'm, when I'm interacting with my kids, like, you know, that, I see myself in them and I know that seems like a weird selfish thing to do, but you know, I see that like, yeah. are they feeling the same way I did in that, mm-hmm. in that way? Or maybe it's empathy. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's ego, whatever. But, but um, I try to look at it, as, at it as it is empathy. And so I do try to dig in a little bit more and my, the way I, the way I connect more with them and, you know, maybe this is more of like a, a, a surface level thing, but it's, it's um um but it's through humor you know i i can i i live into that you know quintessential dad joke kind of mm-hmm. persona with them and um and that i think that that adds a level of or at least i i i hope it does i hope that it adds a level of humanity to our experience together that you know i'm not i'm not perfect i'm i'm awkward i'm not you know i i don't want you to think of me as as uh something that's not not approachable but i also want you to recognize that i'm here to guide and and support Mm -hmm. and 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 be that and and give space where you need it you know so that's kind of where i look at that you're a few years ahead of me on this so i'm going to ask um uh selfishly like how do you find that balance between like being that fun, jovial dad that that I that I could tell you are, um, and I strive to be myself, um, with still creating those boundaries that say, "Hey, I'm I'm still dad. I'm still the leader of the house. I'm still you know." Like, where do you draw some of those lines, and what kind of conversations do you have with your kids that help make sure that those are defining terms there? Yeah, I, I haven't always. I mean, I've I I haven't done that well, you know, early in 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 you know the growing up stage it would be wait a, a lot more yeah you weren't a perfect father the second you became a father wait a minute call the police i know <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> no yeah it's uh but yeah it i mean i i found that like i was i was doing a lot of the uh, you know when there was misbehavior or more when there was like when or better even said you know maybe not even misbehavior but like i'm i'm at home i i want quiet or I want relaxation and there's just loud and playing mm-hmm. and I would be like you know let's stop the noise or just like that ah, just cut it out because it's annoying me instead of looking at it like more holistically like I'm living with these other human beings yeah. that are growing that are developing that are playing that are learning that this kind of stuff is is real that maybe I should just put my own self-interest aside to actually like you know allow that to happen so you know especially in the in the younger days of my of my son I know I was I was not as not as great with that and um and i think over the last few years i've i've been better at quieting that voice of just like you know uh, and 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 being more like i'm going to try to try to get onto my son's level of like this is the way that he likes to play you know he's mm-hmm. not a he's not a ball sports kind of kid neither was i but you know it's not i i i can't force the like hey let's go play catch or let's play you know, this, it's like, you know, I have to, I have to come to his level. I have to play some video games with him or I have to, you know, um, use the fun and interesting humor that he has and kind of play in that way. And also show like, you know, when, when there are serious things that are happening, I'm like, you know, let's, um, 
um, you know, very calmly to say like, you know, let's, let's, you know, you need to try to do that in a different way, or you need to, you need to, you know, be nice to your sister. You need to, you know, mm-hmm. stop treating people like this, or how can we do that better? Um, less, less of like the, just stop that behavior and more of like, well, how can we, how can we approve or how can we address what's really, really going on? Um, yeah, and, I think it's yeah. critical for kids to get that and understand the, so I'm, I'm a huge fan of the, the word why. Um, mm-hmm. uh, which did not work out so well for me as a military guy, but does work <laughs> out well for me like as a as a business owner and dad. Um, because like I, my dad always told me, it's like that's how little boys learn is by asking why. And mm. I would, so I I always asked why and wanted to hold on to that. So then when when I'm raising my boys, I did said the same thing. I said this is how little boys learn. Like my <laughs> my sister in law Yesenia, she <laughs> it drives her insane because Adam is always asking why. Adam, my oldest, is always like, well, why, why is this that way? Or why do we do that this way? Um, and she's like, I, we just do. I don't know. Like, well, <laughs> we just do is not a good answer. We need a better. Like, so to dig in, you know, if, if, if you're just saying, which I have been and still to this day am guilty of sometimes just like, no, just, just stop doing that. Like, okay, well, there's got to be a reason. Um, so what I've tried to do is tell my kids like, okay, well, if I tell you just to stop doing it, then then you stop work to the right time of saying okay daddy can you help me understand why because if i'm if i'm being short that's my fault that's not your fault it's my fault i'm short um you know even if you just smashed me in the head with a car it's my fault that i'm short and reactionary not your fault (laughs) you shouldn't hit me with a car but i need to remember like hey he's he's still eight he's still my my other one's still four like that i've got to remember that and dig deep into myself to go okay well it's it's not the dad show here, like this to your point, like I like the way you said that, like I've, I've got to live life with all of these humans in this house and make sure that mm-hmm. I'm representing that well. And man, sometimes it's tough. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, especially with, with, when you, when they get to the teenage years and it's like, you know, I, you, I mean, I know um, being in the military, I'm sure you lived in barracks, but at, at that, and I don't know how different that was from like living in a, in a dorm or if you've lived with roommates or things like that. But roommates when you're a teenager it's just like a mess and that's what it's kind of like now it's like living with roommates mm-hmm. that are a mess and we have to have all of these house rules and it's just like being back in college in an apartment it's like uh-huh. wow you know so yeah. yeah but um but yeah it's you know it you put it that way it sounds even more dreadful i'm not i'm not <laughs> sure <I would. laughs> well I, I, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go as far as to say that that you're in the best years of the kid's life, but you're kind of in the best years of the kid's. Life. Yeah, I mean, I honestly <laughs> i I have loved every moment. Like you know, it, yeah. my wife is kind of once in a while like, man, I just don't like watching him grow up, and I'm like, I just love watching him grow up. You know, like yeah. she, you know, and we just had a, another another kid, so she, that just turned three months old. So Diana's still very small. It gets that that feeling back again, holding a little baby, but. I just love watching every stage and seeing yeah. how the changes go and what goes on with it. And it just is so much fun for me to, to get, but if, I mean, I've wanted to be a dad since I was like 13. So it's like a, I'm finally like living this exciting world of being a dad um, and yeah. realizing how terrible I am at it from time to time, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like I'll do something well, that, and yeah. I'm like, so that's why that's one of the you know impetuses for this podcast is to gather good ideas from folks and like hey none of us are perfect dads like if I can figure out how you're better at certain things than I am and you know where I may be excelling that you're not and, and grow from it you know um, yeah well, that's why I think so, this is like the 
best idea for the sh- for a show, by the way, because like you know, every dad feels this way. Even coming on, like coming onto the show, I'm like, man, I hope I can learn a lot from Adam today because <laughs> I need some help. You know, it's just like it's there's this like I, I mean, there, there's like. I mean, we, we all, we all grow through a community. And I mean, this is the yeah. best source of doing that is just like learning because, well, I, I mean, I, I mean, the, you know, I think it applies so well to the idea of fatherhood that like, you know, I, I too wanted to be a father since I was really young, but like, you know, and then you had all these visions of what it's going to look like and to go fishing mm-hmm. with my kids. I'm going to do this. I'm going to play catch. I'm going to play ball and all this kind of stuff. And then it's like Mike Tyson says, you know, you know, Y'all have a plan until you get punched in the face, right? Yeah. So, no. Yeah. 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 Well, we said in the military, right? A plan. Uh, plan goes to crap after first fire. You know, like a second something happens, it's it's all over. <laughs> uh, but planning is um, uh, plans are useless. Planning is priceless. So mm-hmm. um, it uh, is another thing that we like used to that. say. And like like the planning portion of all of this, and like. I want to be diligent in the planning of my kid's future and the planning of how all of this works. That doesn't mean my yeah. plans are going to go the way I like. I'm getting ready to start homeschooling. Yeah. Uh, first time. Never done this. I'm like, I'm the one doing it. Like, my wife is still <laughs> active duty. I'm running a couple businesses. I'm thinking to myself, how stupid are you for, for doing this? Right. Um, so I've got plans on how I want it to all go, um, and but the plans are probably going to go to crap. And but the yeah. planning portion of it, to where I like, okay, well, how do I work through this? How many how many dads have I talked to about what they do with with all of this? And um, you know, I, I think that we need to grow around each other, and like, uh, not to go too off of any any deep end, but if we look at like representatives of dads on TV shows and all the stuff, mm-hmm. it's they're always like the worthless waste of space. Like, I mean, they're stupid. The moms are always running everything. And I mean, don't get me wrong. My wife does an amazing job helping run this house. Um, but it doesn't mean that every dad is an idiot. Like, so if, yeah. if society always wants to point at dads to be an idiot, like then we as dads need to get together and say, okay, how do, how do we, how do we prove them wrong that we're not idiots, you know? And, and part of that's going to be growing together like this. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, I should, I, um, um, I should introduce you to a friend of mine named Eric Beach, um, who is an amazing, amazing guy, also a, a, a veteran. Um, and, um, and he homeschools his kids. He does it as well. And, um, nice. and so he, he kind of lives out of that. And, and we've talked a lot about that, that idea of kind of breaking that stigma of dads being like, you know, like always the, always the outside of the house, like kind of like my dad mm-hmm. was like out and the, while mom's raising, cause that whole persona is, I see it changing so much around, like, you know, just in, in yourself and in Eric and, and a lot of, a lot of dads are, are getting so involved. A lot of the guys in GoBundance doing, you know, the homeschooling thing and, and, yeah. and taking a heavy, you know, if not the lead role in that. So I think it's, I think it's an important big step and I, I think it's a good one. So, well, thank you. I, yeah. I, I look at fathers, um, I'm 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 a Christian. I kind of have that worldview, that that thought process um, that I should be the leader of my house. That doesn't mean that my wife is not a leader in the house as well. But yeah. the buck has to stop somewhere, right? Um, uh, and if something goes wrong in the house, then it's my responsibility. If something goes right in the house, then hopefully I did okay. Uh, but yeah. uh, you know, but <laughs> it it's hard for me to say, you know, and I. I I looked at schooling and I'm like, even though my kids go to a private Christian school, I thought to myself, all right, well, I am still pawning off eight hours a day to somebody else's whim when I don't like, I don't know who they are at home. I don't know what it is. And then they come home and I get maybe two hours with them of 
well, an hour of that is, is homework. And then yeah. an hour of that is eating. And then maybe I get to play with them for a little bit. Like how much of a connection am I having with my kids? How well am I leading my kids in what I think their life should entail? And I, I'm, I don't know. Um, I may be completely oblivious to what I'm about to walk <laughs> into, but at the same point, you know, I mean, it, like if it's that much of a conviction on me to be, you know, to, to, to lead my family that way, then you know, I'm, I'm excited to give it a whirl and see how it goes. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think I, I mean, I, I, it's definitely worth a try. We, cause we, uh, we homeschooled our kids for a while. They're, they're back in traditional school now. And, um, and there's a reason why we, why we did that. But, um, but you know, m- my wife, because I was, you know, in, uh, you know, um, with the company doing all this stuff, took a lot of the, took the primary mm-hmm. lead role in, in teaching them. And, um, and it was a, it was a very valuable experience. I mean, and there's so many, um, I, I think there's, there's a lot of benefits that I've seen from it. A is that you can condense a lot of the time of that eight hours yeah. into like two hours. Yeah. I mean, the primary core stuff is you can get through that really quick. And then the rest of the time is that connection time that you're talking about, which is hugely valuable. And you could bring them into different uh, cohorts of kids where they're spending time not just with one age group, mm-hmm. but with like you know multiple ages, multi- like a more uh, you know more more diverse array of of kids and people. So they learn how to interact with a variety of ages. I, I think it it just it it does help with the social aspect, the confidence aspect, and and I see a lot of benefits to it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I sure hope that's the way it works out. In my head, that's the plan that that's how it works out. But you know, we'll we'll see how yeah. it goes. Right, right. It was funny because the other day, my son, I was driving with him, and he's like, you know, I, I think I do want to do the homeschooling because I've been chatting with him about it. I want, I want, you know, kind of his his buy in. Ultimately, you know, my wife and I need to make the decision, but I'd love to hear his thoughts on it. And he yeah. was kind of wishy washy at first, right? So he was he was starting school when COVID kicked in, right? So we ended up uh, getting he got taken out of school, and then he was watching school on 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 the computer, right? So yeah. he would sit there um, watching his kindergarten classes on computer. And I was like, yeah. well, this, is, this has got to be dreadful for him, you know, but, you know, we hitting all the, all the marks. And then when I told him we were talking about homeschool, um, eventually he finally asked me, he said, well, who's going to be my teacher? I said, well, I'll be your teacher. Oh, I thought I was going to have to watch it on a computer again. I could do that <laughs> if we're do- if you're going to be my teacher. And I was like, no, buddy, you're not going to be stuck in like because he just remembers kindergarten. Like, oh man, I, yeah. this was dreadful. Um, I will say though, his teacher was awesome. Then, like, she even like she came out to the house with like like congratulations balloons and everything for graduating oh, kindergarten amazing. and all stuff because we didn't actually <laughs> get to do all the stuff. But, um, but. Anyway, so I want to ask you, you, you mentioned that your kids are back in school and there are reasons for that. So um, I, I, gather, I gather multiple reasons um, from other folks, but I'd love to hear kind of why you put your kids back into traditional school and dig into that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so the reason we did that is, is, so like I said, we did homeschool our kids for a while. Um, you know, um, my daughter, once she, once she started like first grade and then my son all since, since kindergarten. And, um, and uh I was, uh, I, you know, once we, when we started to enter into 2019, um, um, you know, my daughter started having some pretty significant health issues with, uh, um, she, and it flipped like a switch. This was, it it was one of those, um, things where I, uh, where, you know, one month in, in December, you know, over Christmas time, we were doing daddy daughter dates, you know, where we're going out for burgers and ice cream and all this kind of stuff. And by January, she, was you know restricting eating not eating anything and and having a lot of fears around food 
and it turned into a pretty severe eating disorder. And that became, you know, kind of our, our primary, um, that, that shifted our focus, like from, you know, just the traditional parenting, that was the punch, the Mike Tyson punch in the face that we, we got where it was like, you know, now we've got to come back and we've got to, we've got to help a child recover and, and, um, and, and work through this and also work with another child who's, you know, seeing a lot of this and a lot of the behavioral issues and, and, and that, I mean, that's still going on to this day. It's so, so it's, it's, it's still an issue we, we deal with though she's in recovery, but, um, but that, that led into, you know, that, that happened within a few months of COVID happening. And, um, and then we, yeah, we dropped into COVID where we couldn't bring her into facilities. We couldn't, and there was a lot of, um, you know, just, a so there was a lot of like, well, you're on your own kind of stuff. And so that whole thing of us being on our own for, for as long as we were and, and trying to learn and, and figure out via trial and error, how to manage this and best parent through this, um, you know, let us down to the point of, oh, you know, a bit of exhaustion if we're, if we're honest of like, you know, by the time school opened up, you know, we, we got with our kids and we said, well, you know, this has been a pretty heavy deal for all of us. How do you guys feel about going to school and, uh, and doing it, you know, with a, with a class and with, you know, more of your peers since you haven't been in that for so long. And they, you know, they were like, yeah, we want to do that. So, um, um, so they, they, they went into the traditional school and I think it was that for us, at least at that time was a big relief for, you know, my wife to have that. Um, and, um, and yeah, so, and, and with my daughter being in and out of treatment, that has helped, you know, my son to be able to still get the learning and the attention that he needs while, uh, while doing it. So, um, so yeah, very personal reasons. Um, yeah. and it, it, yeah, it's not, not because I w- we're not huge advocates and, and love the idea of homeschooling because we do, but it was more out of, you know, kind of a necessity and, and, and a feeling like that, that was probably the best option for us at the time. Wow, that's um, well. I'm glad that she's in recovery. That's for sure. I'm sure that yeah. um, uh, you, as the dad, I'm sure make very happy that that's that's happening. But um, what, uh, if you don't mind me asking, how, like, if you dug into that, like, what was the cause? Do you think that started that uh, the the eating disorder problem? You know, it's it's really hard to say, and we still don't know what the what the root cause is. And I mean, I think that's that's going to be take a long, you know, a lot of therapy and and working through on on Sarah's end and. Um, um, I, I, and I mean, I think we can like, you know, I can, I can maybe speculate like there's, you know, there's social media aspects where like, you know, that the idea of risk of eating restriction and, and things like that are very prevalent. And sadly, we're seeing a lot more of this in the, in young people and young, in young girls in particular. Um, and, um, um, but, or, you know, it could be just, you know, um, the idea that there was just something like, you know, some, some fear that latched on to some trauma and then it just started snowballing. Um, it's, it's really hard to say, but, uh, um, but it, it, it is one of those things where it's just going to, we've, we've done a lot of time trying to get to the root, to that, that issue and just try to, try to solve and get her back on track. Now, now the unraveling or kind of the therapy and, and all of that stuff is, is beginning and we work through it that, that way. So. Okay. So it's, it's kind of a lifelong process. I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, that's, um, yeah. you know, I, I, I look at some of the, uh, my mind goes to things that like high school would cause a lot of that. Cause I mean, back when we were in high school, that was one of those things that, you know, uh, um, anorexia or some things like that were what a lot of girls did to try to, um, 
match what was going on, you know, what they saw, the the images in whatever magazines or whatever. But social media, I could not imagine yeah. the world of hurt, especially on young girls that that is doing right now and the things are going on. But um, so do, do you feel like that was uh, a six, like the transition into public school? Um, well, the, the transition into traditional school, I don't know what public or private, but is has been helping in that process as well? Um, or do you think there's some other things? Well, I'm sure there's other things involved too, but has that been helpful yeah. in the process? I think, I think so, because there, there's, there's the essay, there's the idea that, um, you know, structure helps in that kind of chaos, you know? So having that level of structure really helps, especially for, I'd say my son right now, um, even though he hated the idea at first, he, didn't, he, he really didn't like going to school, going back to school and like a lot of that. And I get it. And, and, you know, one of the things I'm really proud of him for is, 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 you know, kind of embracing that fear and realizing, you know, that this is an opportunity. This is, this is, yes, a scary thing, but this is not scary. Like I should avoid it. This is scary. I should lean into it and, and, and grow from it. And he really has, he's embraced it. He's doing really, really well in school. He's, uh, um, he's in middle, middle school now. So he's just going into uh, seventh grade. And, um, and yeah, he's starting to get like friends and, and I've just seen him blossom and, and really grow from, from, from that. Um, and you know, my daughter's kind of been in and out of school with, with some of these challenges. So, um, but she's been able to keep up kind of on the outside a little bit. So she's going back uh, within the next few weeks and that should be exciting to see what happens. Um, so do you, uh, you've dealt with some addiction issues and some various things as well. Like, what, yes. did you use any of your, per like, how long ago was that? And did you, do you see any correlation between yourself and your daughter in that sense? Like, and how, and how that all went down? So interesting. I, I do. She doesn't, <laughs> but that's like, of it's course just, not. Uh, yes. yeah, it's like, yeah, I can't, can't, but, uh, you but can't teenagers really know everything that. already. So, you know, <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it is one of those things where like, you know, when you, when you're in it, you feel very unique, you feel very alone and you feel like, you know, you're, you, nobody will understand. So I kind of understand where she's, where, where that, that mindset's coming from. But, you know, from my, my perspective, I, I do look at it and I see, you know, the addiction I, I went through and the insidious nature of it. And again, I think it helps me to really empathize and understand that, that, you know, as illogical as it seems, I mean, when I, I don't know, I mean, I don't want to make presumptions, but I, I think that when, you know, most people look at, look at food, it's like, okay, if I'm hungry, I'm going to eat, I need to eat something I need, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm going to eat. But, you know, in her mind, it's just different where it's just like, you know, this is scary. I don't, I, I can't do this. And I want to, you know, starving myself makes me feel better than actually eating. And, um, and that's such a tragic, you know, um, thing to think about. But, um, but I, but I can understand it at the conceptual level because I've been through the addiction side of it or the alcoholism side of it. And I've real, I've, I've understood what it's like to not being able to control it and not being able to under and not being able to stop. So uh, without the help. So, yeah. Man. Yeah. And what a like not great portion of the conversation for the whole family to come in and join. Right. So <laughs> well, we can pivot. Yeah. We're getting nice and nice and deep and I've got more questions. Hey, and then, well, you guys want to say hi to Mr. Adam? No, you want to hey, fight kiddos. over the blueberries? You know, there's more blueberries in the fridge boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to come and eat my blueberries. See, this is what it's like to have two boys. And, I, and here I am thinking about doing homeschooling and having them here all the time. And then, yeah, you know, this oh, is sure. all of this is going to never end. Right. 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 <laughs> the benefit is, is I get to hear these laughs. That's right. Yeah. I yeah, know it, it is like, yeah. 
Yeah, it's, it's, like it's an opportunity. It's just an opportunity to spend oh, more time, and I love sure. that. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. What did you want to tell me, Rourke? You're going to tell everybody now, by the way. So be careful what you say. Almost sounds like it's nap time. Wow. All right. Me buddy. too, buddy. Me too. Yeah, we all want naps. <laughs> all right. I'm going to keep talking to Mr. Adam. Okay, bud. I'm going to keep talking to Mr. Adam. All right, boys. I love you. You guys say bye. Good to see you guys. Yeah, you guys will see yourself on a recording again in a, another couple months. <laughs> Washington, D.C. is about a 14-hour drive. <laughs> I mean, geography lessons. Here we go. Right. Uh, all right. So I do want to, um, I don't want to pivot quite yet, despite the distraction. I want to go back uh, and ask a couple more things. So when you were um, uh, working through the alcoholism side of the house, um, were were you already a dad? I don't remember how long ago that was, so forgive me. But um, uh, how long ago was that, and how long have you been in recovery and all of that? Yeah, so I'll start by saying that I've been in recovery for about eleven years now. Uh, okay. So since January twenty second of twenty twelve, um, that was my first uh, step into recovery, and um, I've been a so I've been a da- obviously doing the math there. I was a dad while mm-hmm. I was still uh, drinking and still in the midst of my alcoholism. And, um, so I started, I started drinking when I was, uh, in college and, um, um, one of the biggest, uh, um, you know, um, one of the biggest, uh, so, um, I hope and I'm, I hope I'm okay talking about this right now. Is that, is that right? Or yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, good, good. Yeah. I would um, have asked the question if I didn't know. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, I just didn't. It, yeah. I just wanted to make sure, but, um, yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, started drinking when I, uh, when I first started college, that was my first sip of alcohol and mm-hmm. kind of like i said earlier my my anxiety i uh had um I, I had this just this social this budding this like anxiety this worry that i was growing up with all my life that like just mm-hmm. i i was always you know just afraid to do normal things like I, I i wanted to play football but when i got there i'm like now i'm afraid to get hit like i don't want to do this yep. and or or, um, you know, I wanted to play baseball, but little things like, oh, you got to step into the pitch, step into it, this thing that's being thrown at me. I know I got to step out. And, um, like, so it was just like my nature to be really afraid of, of small things. And, and, you know, and, um, um, and when I got into college, it was always so social anxiety with it, but as many people do, I, you know, I, I had drinks at parties. I started drinking and, mm-hmm. um, and at first, this is the insidious nature of, of the disease. I mean, there was no indication that I should be a problem drinker or an alcoholic because nobody in my family was. Yeah. I mean, so we didn't really talk about it. We didn't think about it. And my perception of alcoholism was, oh, that's like the guy behind the dumpster kind of mm-hmm. thing or, you know, the people that had like a traumatic childhood or something like that. But um, I didn't realize that it's more you know, pervasive than that. And so when I started drinking, no indication it would be a problem. It started getting really fun, you know, and there was no consequences to it. Like I could drink, I could control my alcohol for, you know, for a while. And, 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 you know, I went to bed at a reasonable hour and the amazing thing that I realized, and this was like the insidious part of it was that it lifted all of my fears away. And if mm-hmm. I didn't know that I had like any kind of anxiety disorder at that time, I realized it then because I'm like, whoa, this is what life is supposed to be like. I'm talking mm-hmm. to people, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm able to communicate with girls and, you know, I'm able to, uh, to have fun and feel like I'm the life of the party. This feels like how I should be. It felt like how, and then, 
And then like, you know, it faded away and then, you know, went back to normal. And then, you know, it'd be like, I wouldn't think about it for a while. And then I do it again. And then over time, it was like, it became, you know, fun with problems where like just little problems would creep in. Like, oh, you know, I, I kind of don't remember what happened last night. What, you know, why did, what, what did we do? And it's like, oh, don't worry. You were, you're fine. Just like, oh, okay. But I just don't remember that. That's weird. And then, um, and then it would be like, you know, or dude, you got a little out of hand last night. That was kind of crazy, uh, wasn't it? But still no like significant consequences. But then by the time it just became problems, I was having severe panic attacks. Like I, I started getting severe panic attacks about my third year into college. And, um, and they were all around just things you would think are ridiculous or completely irrational. Like, oh, the, you know, the police are after me for something. I don't know what, but they're after me. Or I have this horrible, deadly disease and it was crippling. And like, I would just like get into this massive panic where my chest would tighten and I would just couldn't do anything. And, um, and that, that lingered and, you know, alcohol just began to play a more prevalent role in my life. And that's where kind of like the, the slope, the slippery slope started getting like, you know, I fell down it and, um, and yeah, drank for the next 10 years to basically suppress crippling anxiety. But you know, one of the things for me, the reason I was, I, I, you know, I, I kept on kind of like trying to, trying to get sober, but not really doing well because I was always one foot in one foot out because I'd always set these rules for myself. Like, you know, well, I'm not going to drink on weeknights. I'm not going to drink before 5 PM. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I'm going to make sure that I work really hard and that I'm doing my job and that I, that, and that, that's kind of showing that I'm, I'm, I don't really have a problem. Yeah, I control even, this thing. It doesn't control yeah, me. Yeah. Right. And and it sounds ridiculous now because like, you know, on the weekends I'm drinking two bottles of wine a night. Wine because it's like, well, I'm not a degenerate. I'm not going to drink like 40s and stuff. I'm going to drink <laughs> wine. <laughs> but like, you know, it's it's but it was like, you know, um it it was it was getting to that point where I'm not like I'm not a violent drunk. I didn't like, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't I didn't cause any like cause any abuse or anything like that and and um and i was able to quote unquote function but that's kind of what i want to communicate to people that that may be in that space is that even though you're kind of like looking at all of the things that are working even though you're doing this horrible thing mm-hmm. there's a lot that's not working and there's a lot that you know is just like is broken we're looking back i can see clearly and I was trying to focus on, well, well, this is why it's working. This is why it's working. And, um, but in the meantime, you know, it's, you know, when, when you're, when you're doing that, when you're trying to balance the, the uh, crippling fear and panic with like numbing yourself with alcohol, you're not able to show up or be present as a parent or a husband, you know? Yeah. And that's where I was. And, um, and so, uh, yeah, for about the first four years of my daughter's life and the first year of my son's life, I was still kind of, in, I was still in the midst of that. And, um, and, you know, say that, that the, the way that I came to understand kind of that epiphany moment for me, um, came in 2012 when, um, when I broke the last rule that I always said that I never would break, which was I got behind the wheel of a car, um, without knowing I got behind, because I don't remember getting behind the wheel of a car. Mm-hmm. I came to in the back of a police car after having totaled my car. And, uh, wow. fortunately nobody was hurt, but, um, but that was just that moment where it was like, you know, my life is out of control. I have no mm-hmm. control over my life. And uh, I can, you know, either 
remove myself from this life or I could, you know, really get help and, and figure out, you know, how to do that. And, you know, the very next day, um, when I was absolutely hopeless, absolutely like out of options and, and, you know, at risk of criminal, you know, uh, charges and all that kind of stuff. And more afraid than I've ever been, I walked into my first AA meeting and, um, that's what started my recovery. That was my last drink. So. Wow. Yeah. I've, I've, there are a few things you said in there that kind of, uh, spoke to me about a couple things. One is my conversation with Sergio when I was chatting with him and he, when he quit uh, drinking. Um, uh, and two, I, I've told myself a couple of those things um, mainly because I'm, I'm like, well, and still I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm justifying things in my head or if I, if, or, or if I'm looking at it saying, no, legitimately like this is, you know, like I don't, I don't really know. Right. Cause like I, I'll, I enjoy a glass of scotch in the, at night. Right. Yeah. Um, a glass of scotch, maybe an old fashioned I'll make at the house. Um, yeah. Uh, something like that. And it's, and I have one, maybe two, and then I'm done. I'm like, look, I don't, I don't, I don't have a problem because it's only two, but right. I know alcoholism is in, is in my, my family, right? Like there's, it's, it's uh, done a lot. And one thing that I've always told myself, that same rule you just said is like, not going to get behind the wheel of a car if I've had more than, more than uh, one. Um, right. And uh, both of my my mom's parents were killed by a drunk driver on Christmas Eve um, when mm. she was pregnant with my oldest sister. Um, so Jeez. I never got to meet my my grandparents, and that that's one of those things that I like why I've made that rule for myself. It's like there's no way I could justify that, like especially especially in 2023, right? We've got enough right. Ubers and Lyfts and all the stuff that there should be yeah. zero reason why any anybody should. So, um, uh, but. Uh, talk to me about like uh, talk to me like literally me about okay what what are the things that I might be doing that I'm justifying or that are are signs for somebody to be kind of going or signs for me that are like hey you really are doing those things that you you don't think you are um, and if, like ask me the questions do everything like if for not, like use me as the the tool because I you you struck a, a a thought in my brain so yeah yeah um and 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 i'll say like alcoholism is an interesting disease because it's the only one i know of it may not be the only one but it's the only one that i know of that is self-diagnosed like yeah. nobody's gonna diagnose you as an alcoholic or or me but i diagnosed myself because that's kind of like the the root of the issue the very first number one you know uh uh thing is is you know admitting that you have a problem admitting that that your life's become unmanageable and, you know, I'll say for, for, you know, the questions that I would ask myself, um, cause I have to be really careful here because I don't want to, um, I don't want to like, uh, you know, inject myself into how, into, you know, my, how my, how my relationship with alcohol, like is, is yeah. same because there's no similarities really between different, you know, problem drinkers, but I'll say for me, the biggest problem I had was not necessarily like, and and this was something that I, helped me justify it too. Was like, all right, well, if I'm going to stop drinking for a few days, I don't get the shakes. I'm not like you know, mm -hmm. I'm not like convulsing or or ending up in the hospital. I don't have that problem. My biggest problem was like once I took a drink, I cannot stop. Even to mm -hmm. this day, like if if my mind ever goes in that place that says like, um, like oh that you know glass of beer looks amazing. Like I could really go for a beer. I, I think it through. I mean, I think it through. This is the exercise I do now is like, I think it through. I think, all right, well, is that one going to be enough for me? 
Mm-hmm. And then I like say, no, no, no. I'm like, well, how about two? And I'm like, well, no, because, and then, and then, but, and then I realized that my mind goes to this place where it's never enough. I mean, like I just, there's no end to the number it is. It's like, no, I drink until physically I can drink no more. And I pass out. That's just no. like, that's where my mind goes. I used to control it by like white knuckling it because I'd only buy two bottles of wine. And this is how ridiculous it was. I mean, like I drink two bottles of wine when I drink and, um, and, but that would be it. I wouldn't like buy any more, so I didn't have any in the house. Yeah. And let me tell you, for an alcoholic, that's freaking miserable. Because when you're when you're done with it, you're like, I need more, and uh, yeah. I'm not done yet. So it was like, so that was how my relationship was. So the idea of like, you know, for me personally, like having like two scotches or something like that, and being done and being okay, that was like, there's that's there's no way I could do that, even. Yeah, it, it just wasn't. Uh, it's it's not in the cards for me to be that kind of person. Um, mm-hmm. And then the so the second thought goes to well, how about behaviors? Like, am I am I still behaving like a a human being that a acceptable human being that I'd hope I would while I'm drinking those you know two or, or while I'm drinking at all? And um, and if if it's like well no I'm 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 finding that I'm missing memory or I'm blacking out or or, you know, or just like maybe snapping too much or, or anything like that, then, then it may be like, you know, that that's an element of maybe losing control on my side. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then the final question is like, well, am I, am I, am I really compromising like my performance or my health? Like how, how I, how I show up in the world is, you know, my, am, am I unable to get up in the morning? Am I unable to, you know, um, exercise in the way I want to, or, or, or am I feeling like my health is being compromised? Then those are kind of some elements of like, well, maybe I should, you know, that maybe I should start to lean into health. And then finally, it's like, if you're, if you, if you feel like you can't stop on your own, that's like the time to like really step into, to, you know, support in the, in those communities. And that by far is the scariest part. Um, yeah. But, you know, uh, because it's like, A, we don't want to admit that we have a problem. We yeah. don't want to admit that we're, we're, we're human for some reason, and I don't know why that is. But uh, and we uh, and we don't um, um, and we're afraid of the idea of never. Like when we when we walk into an AA meeting or something like that, even though they constantly say one day at a time, yeah, we still have this feeling of never in our minds. Like I can never drink again. Oh my gosh, I can never, I never mm-hmm. can. And that's just that's a dangerous word. That's why we have to focus on like, okay, no, just for today, I'm not going to drink. So. Yeah. Um, I hope I don't know if that answers your question. No, it does. Yeah, and I, I think that it adds like that that never thing as well, especially when you associate it to the feelings that you were talking about before about how it loosened you up. You were able to talk to people. You were able to be comfortable about things, and it's like I'm never going to get that feeling again either. So, like, what have you done to kind of get, or maybe you're still working on it, or maybe you haven't at all yet, but to break down that barrier to be able to get that feeling now without alcohol. Um, because that's one of those things that I, I tell a joke uh, and it's a joke partially, right? Um, like, uh, uh, my wife speaks fluent Spanish, her whole family, they're, they're all Latinas and uh, Latinos and that. So I go hang out with them. I speak okay Spanish. I have a scotch. I speak much better Spanish, right? Because I break down the barriers, right? Like I'm, right. I'm less fearful of what I sound like. It just helps yeah. me calm down enough to be able to say, you know what? I, I don't care if I sound silly because I'm trying to learn and I'm trying to interact where I have a harder time with that unless i have broke those barriers down and a lot of that is is you know uh, uh, maybe machismo my like i just i i want to i want to look like i am 
you know, wise all the time and a tough dude and all the stuff. Um, but mm-hmm. what have you done to kind of break, break down some of those walls that, that alcohol used to be the thing that broke them down? Yeah, that's a great question. So, I mean, I'll say for me, um, I'm, I'm going to talk about Alcoholics Anonymous here and we're not allowed to, you know, it's something we're not supposed to promote, it's supposed to be attraction. And, and I totally get why that is. Um, and I'm going to use it in the, in the concept of, of a community and a framework. And um, this was what was valuable to me was that when I was so broken that I was ready to walk into those rooms of recovery, that I was ready to do whatever it took, like whatever I was told, you know, I'd heard of AA and I think a lot of people have heard of AA and then mm-hmm. they have their own perceptions of it. My perception before that was always like, okay, well, if I jump into there, A, it's the never thing. I can never drink again. Uh, B, it's a shame thing. I'm going to be shamed for having thoughts of wanting to drink and all this kind of stuff. Like these guys are going to, you know, shame me for, for how I feel, which was totally false, by the way. But shame was, is the feeling that I run from. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, one of my biggest fears. And then, um, and then, you know, finally that, that like, it was like, well, I'm, I'm too embarrassed to admit that I have a problem and, and go into that. And when all of that, like when I was broken enough to, to go into that room and like say, okay, I'm, I'm willing to do whatever it, t- it takes. It was like I was met with by people that were just saying that were willing to help, and this is like the same with with lots of different communities. I mean, this was another epiphany moment because you find it in GoBundance, you find it in in other like you know groups that that you could find that that are that have what you want. But it was finding that community of people that had what I wanted and were willing to give it away, and where I had to participate, and and. Um, and when I was in that, it was like, okay, and, and I was willing, I found people were saying, all right, well, here's what you, you should do to stay sober today. Um, mm-hmm. Do this step. Are you powerless over alcohol? Is your life unmanageable? And it was like, okay, well, there's a framework for doing this. And every single day that I was able to do that and participate and engage in that community, become a part of that, I could better identify as a sober person. And it started breaking down that wall. And it, it actually started taking away a lot of those fears. And it started making me recognize that, A, I wasn't alone. And that's one of the key contributors to, to getting out of that, that funk of fear or anxiety or depression or something like that, is knowing that you're not alone and being a part of a, a community. Um, you know, as a spiritual man, I'm, I, I, I you know, wonder if you agree that, like, you know, where two or more gathered among us, you know, that's where God is. And mm-hmm. that's exactly what I found in, in those kinds of communities and the frameworks. It was just, and then, you know, kind of stacking up enough days of that, build a point, built a point of reference for me that, hey, this sobriety thing, um, I never thought that I could do this. I thought this was impossible for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, for, for a decade of my life, I drank and, and, tr- and, and like, it was like this, this, vicious cycle of crippling fear during the day and drinking at night. I didn't think I could ever get sober. And here I am sober. And now I've got a year of sobriety. And I did it through this community. And I did it through this framework and the value of other people and, and, and all of that. And just the value of consistency taking, consistently taking one step forward at a time. And I was like, well, what else, what else can I do? And it was like that moment in January of 2013, which was like one year sober, was like kind of mm-hmm. that moment of like, oh, you know what? I wonder what else I can I can do with my life. I've been given like this grace of like, you know, I I should be in jail. Um, it's a matter of inches, and I would have been in jail for you know for 
my life or, or for a decade or more. But I have this chance to like really, you know, live and, and maybe show people that what, you know, what's possible. And, and so that's when I started really leaning into other things that, you know, might contribute to that and, and, and be a better example as a dad and, 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 um, and try to show up in a better way. So, um, that actually put me on the track to, you know, participating in triathlons at a higher level, mm-hmm. you know, really digging into working in, in the business and, and really trying to take my kids and my family on more adventures and, and, and do a lot of that stuff. We have a lot of extra money now, too, because you're not buying two bottles of uh, hey, wine all the time, right? True so story. You can, you can afford some more of that travel. <laughs> that's but, a true story. Yeah, people, yeah. people wonder. Yeah, it's like, how, how do you do all that? It's like, yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> like, that's like 500 bucks a month. I mean, jeez. <laughs> hey, yeah, depending on the kind of wine you get, it could be a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. how did you see that? And, and did um, uh, your dad, I'm assuming, was still working in the business? At that time, right? So, yes. um, yeah. were there were there problems at the business when that was going on too? Did you see, you know, um, did your dad approach you or talk to you about it afterward at all? Like how that how that happened and how it showed up at work? Yeah, and my, my dad had talked to me on a frequent on a few occasions, like when I was still drinking. So one of the things was that I was hiding it from everybody. I mean, I was trying to hide it from everybody. My wife knew. I mean, you don't hide it, <laughs> mm-hmm. but like you know, my wife knew, um, and. Um, it, but I was always, I always had this deep seated fear that my parents would find out. And that would be like the, the, the frightening thing, like was just like that my dad would find out. And, um, and, and, um, and, you know, then, then like I, he, he, you know, then like my wife would call my dad or something like that because I was out of hand or something. And then, you know, my dad would talk to me and then like it, he would, so he would know. Um, and, um, but it was just never enough because I, it was still in my head and I wasn't, I wasn't working through it. And, and the reality was that, you know, my dad not being an alcoholic or a problem drinker, um, you know, while it was, while I understand that and, and, and really appreciate and am grateful that he was, he was there for me in, in those instances, um, it wasn't the right person to be there in those instances mm-hmm. i needed an alcoholic i needed someone who was going through it it's kind of like you know in 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 business if you're talking to you know somebody who might not own apartment complexes about like serious problems with your apartment complex it's it's not going to be as effective as talking to a gobro about you know that kind of thing yeah but um but uh, you know I, I was grateful for the support but afterward um you know I, I had a lot of grace there because you know within our company um you know I was given the flexibility to make sure that I was able to recover, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, go into the rooms of AA and I was still, you know, contributing and, and there wasn't a lot of, of, um, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, uh, distraction or, or, uh, uh, anything like that that came from, from recovering. Good. Good. Yeah. I mean, having that supportive network there is, I mean, we talk about it all the time in business stuff, like you are the five people you hang around with most and like, yeah. uh, you know, and if you're, uh, the way I usually say it is if you're around a bunch of um, drug dealers and uh, gangbangers, you're probably going to be a drug dealer and a gangbanger. If you're around right. a bunch of people who love to drink alcohol, you're probably going to be doing that, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah. if you're around a bunch of people who love to, you know, do triathlons and crush you to business, ah, now we're on to a, a metric for life, right? And uh, especially, Absolutely. you know, if you're around dads who are striving to be better dads, you know. Absolutely. Um, yeah. 
how did this help you show up as a dad after after that? Right. I mean, your your kids were four and one when that um, when you quit. Um, did you notice a difference in how you were able to show up as a dad um, in in that time frame? And then how are you now continuing that that thought process um, to say, okay, well, I know what I was doing there and how how it has changed my thought pro like anything. I, I I want you to run with that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm really lucky that. Um, at this point in time, and it, you know, it wasn't always like this, that I have, I, I very rarely, if ever have a, a, um, inkling to drink and, yeah. um, like, to, to, and so like alcohol just, you know, it, it actually makes other people more uncomfortable when I'm in a crowd of people drinking than it does me. Um, yeah. so it's, you know, I, I don't, I don't feel any kind of draw to it now, which is, which is great. And that's, that's, and, and I really attribute that to, this idea of transcendence, like, you know, transcendence is my favorite word in the world because it literally means just rise above. And it doesn't mean like, you know, you take it away or remove it or kill it or obliterate it. Like I never, I never am going to kill my alcoholism or I'm never going to cure it. It's always there. If I take a drink, I'm right back at it. Um, but I feel like I've transcended that desire and I've risen above it by doing, you know, by not just doing the healing work, but by doing the work of, of like, you know, growing and, and those are sequential steps. Like I talked about, like, you know, in my early life, I was fighting against fear. I was battling mm -hmm. it. I was suppressing it and, and all of that stuff. When I finally was broken enough to go and get sober, I, I essentially took the healing step. That's where we face fear. And I'd look at facing fear, not as fighting fear anymore, but it's like this acceptance that fear is a part of us and, and that we have to kind of live in it. We have to, we have to immerse ourselves in it in order to get to the other side. But once we get to the other side, we have this opportunity to actually embrace it and like to actually see that fear as a gift. And so how I show up in the world today is I'm I, with my, as a father, um, in my business and things like that is, is I, I, I'm able to look at, at that fear that I see and that I have like this, this amplified feeling of in my life um, and see that as a, as a gift because when it has shown up and I haven't fought against it, it has typically been a signal that I have an opportunity to mm -hmm. grow, to become something better. You know, when I walked into AA, I was afraid, more afraid than I've ever been. And looking back, that was the best decision I've ever made. When I, you know, uh, when I took, uh, when I, when I was able to, you know, walk with my daughter into, you know, uh, treatment centers and things like that, I was more afraid than I've ever been, but it was the right thing to do. And I was there for when I was, um, you know, um, when we were making the decision on whether or not to homeschool or to take our kids, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, well, I'm afraid we may, might make the wrong decision, but you know, we're here for it. We're in it. It's a gift. And, um, and you know, when, or when, you know, like a, the decision to take over, the family business and 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 move it into the fourth generation. Yeah, it's a scary decision, but it's a gift. And so that's kind of how I've 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 looked at that. And so showing up as a father today, not not just am I just more clear, more present in that sense. And by no means perfect. I think I, I still spend way too much time in the business mm -hmm. um, and and not enough with the kids. Um but I'm aware and I'm I think I'm trying to remedy that as we go do you have or do you have conversations with your kids about that thought process you have on fear and how like um you know one one thing we like 
we look at a, an image of courage, right? And a lot of people <laughs> look at courage as being fearless. And I look at, and I think that's completely incorrect, right? And I think a lot of other people do too. Like, courageous is having the fear and pushing through it anyways, right? So, right. and being able to, to take action anyways. Um, so do you have that conversation about like, I mean, you obviously have, have transcended that that particular portion of your, your life and you want to, um, you've shared it with the world in your book and you talk about it with uh, with your podcast and um, how do you talk about it with your kids uh, so that they can learn because I wish that I would have because I was the same boat I played football and I got in there mm-hmm. and I was scared to death to get hit and I didn't want to go do the things but I, I mean I didn't hit five feet tall or 100 pounds till 10th grade so it took me like I was always a small guy um, yeah um, so that was always in the back of my head, but I wish that somebody would have talked to me about some of that fear and how to push through that. So how do you talk to your kids now about that fear? I would imagine, especially with your daughter, with the, 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 you know, the, the trials she's going through. Yeah. Yeah. And I try to, um, I, 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 I try to talk that to them as a sense that this is to, to normalize it in a lot of ways that, that this is, that this is normal, you know, to feel fear and that it's okay. And that feeling uncomfortable is okay. And that's, that's one of the important things. I mean, we are so drawn to comfort. I mean, because we have it so readily available now um, that it's just like, it's like, well, why would I choose discomfort instead of comfort? It's like, well, sometimes we need to see that fear as just like a, a, a healthy friend that's telling us something. And a lot of times our brain is the enemy by, you know, interpreting that fear the wrong way and telling us, you know, garbage things like, Mm -hmm. you know, um, like my brain would tell me, oh, you can't do that. You know, you're not, you're not an, you're not an Iron Man athlete. Are you kidding me? You can't do that. Why don't you just go back to drinking beer and feeling sorry for yourself? But that was like, <laughs> that's not the fear telling me that. That's just my brain interpreting it, you know? And, um, and so I, so I try to convey to them that. And, and I think the thing about fear is, I mean, like we can be there and be and fear and fatherhood is like that, that, you know, we can be there to guide our kids and, 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 and help them to try to understand it, but they're still going to feel it and they're still going to have to kind of mm-hmm. work through it and go through it because that's always the battle I feel. It's like, well, you know, I want to make sure they understand what's happening, but I also want to make sure that they, that they go through the experiences too, so that they can, so that they can grow from it. You know, does that make sense? Like, it's just, I don't, I don't want to shield them from the challenges of like experiencing it. And yeah, of course, I want to make sure that they understand that they, that they work through it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, um, working through it is, is, is something that could go a bunch of different directions. So like, you know, where, where's that point where you say, okay, well, how do I, like, I see they're at a, at a pivot point. Do I let right. them go through this particular portion or is this now is the time? Like, I mean, there's no perfect, perfect thing. I'm just curious on, on your thoughts, um, yeah. you know, on when, when you feel is the right time to come in and, and like, as I, I struggle with some of the stuff with my son, like just today, Adam was trying to go buy a bottle of water. He's got this fear of communicating with people. Um, mm-hmm. So he, you know, he gets real shy. And part of me, I think, is my fault because I, I used to tell him that daddy was shy when he was a kid, too. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. So now he's just like, oh, OK, it's OK to be shy. I'm just going to be shy. And I'm like, yeah. well, no, I'm not <laughs> telling you that you should be shy. I'm telling you that you could see you could work through it. And I just didn't communicate that well. Um, uh, so trying to figure out, like, OK, at what point do I really just step in and, and work on this or just kind of let him figure it out? And um, yeah. because that, the fear could be debilitating, like it can you oh, know, yeah. if, if we let it get out of control, it can really get to the point where you just don't do things in life because you're afraid of it. Um, yeah. Uh, so like, have you 
tell me about a time maybe maybe that's an easier way to say it on on where you chose to come in and and have that conversation about fear and how to push through it in a certain scenario yeah and i, I think um so yeah and, and here's where i might be struggling through it a bit is because um if it, i think what i've discovered is is that the times that i've done that have have not been necessarily helpful mm-hmm. like i mm-hmm. might just like if if you know, I think people experience fear in a different way. And, and for my, for my son or daughter, it's like, you know, they, they kind of take after, um, well, they, they, you know, they kind of have like a little bit more outbursty kind of stuff. Like, gosh, you know, like, like it, it comes out as like, you know, more, more aggression and things like that, which when I, um, it's, I don't know if, like, it's like, kind of like when you tell people, Hey, calm down, you know, and it's like, yeah, probably not a good idea. <laughs> but like, you know, that, but that's like always been like my, my fear has always popped up. Like, you know, like, 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 uh, it, uh, what is it reverting or going, you know, going inward, inward yeah. and like, just, yeah, just quieting down and, and getting really, um, uh, yeah. So it's the f- more flighty on my end. But, um, so when I've tried to do that, I think I've escalated and I tend to be like, I think viewed in the family amidst these things as that, as kind of the escalator in those situations. So I'm more of like in the moment, I'm, I, I have to kind of, I have to kind of say, look, it's probably a good idea just to take some time and, you know, just like, you know, do what you need to do on this. But one of the best things that we've done, I think the most helpful thing that we've done for all of our collective relationships is I think everybody in the family um, has, has a therapist, has their own therapist. I know that sounds super expensive, not as expensive as drinking, but uh, it's still <laughs> pretty expensive, but it's, uh, um, but it's been hugely valuable. Like my, you know, my son has somebody that is unique to him that he can talk to, that he trusts, that, that can like, you know, that can help him work through a lot of those. And that's not like I'm, I'm, I'm outsourcing like mm-hmm. fatherhood or anything like that. I'm just giving another outlet because I'm not the right person at the age that they're at yeah. to be the one to, I guess, um, help them navigate the fear or that, that part of it. I'm like kind of the, um, but I'm still like the guide in a lot of, in a lot of ways, if that, if that makes sense. So um, definitely does. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So I I think my daughter, I I think that's, that's wise. I mean, there was one fan bundance trip that we were on where they talked about, you know, how, how hard do we all work to find good coaches for ourselves and our business and all this stuff. Yeah. And then what are we doing to provide that same opportunity for our kids that put the right people that, that match what they need. Um, You know, cause like I, I have a coach for my son's golf stuff. Like he mm-hmm. really wants me to do the coaching. I'm like, dude, I'm not a golf coach. <laughs> They're like, I'm moderately okay at golf. Um, you are going to be absolutely crushing me soon. It's not my job to teach you how to golf. I need, I need yeah. to get you something to, to to help you how to golf. So, um, you know, maybe the same thing is is working with the fear side of the house as well because it's. Um, if I still struggle with these things and that's where I, I, I try to be vulnerable with them. Right. In that, in that sense, and right. say, Hey, these are the fears that dad still has. And these are the things that go on in my brain. Um, so that they, they know that they're not alone in this, right. That there's other, you know, but it doesn't mean that I'm the right person to really help them face their yeah. fears, you know? Um, yeah. uh, like, you know, we were doing a, a rock climbing wall at, um, I don't remember where it was, uh, Universal Studios or something. Um, so Adam was, was climbing. He loves those things, right? So he gets up 
and uh, um, he's used to doing it at Sky Zone. In Sky Zone, there's mm-hmm. like these big, um, like puffy blocks of foam on the bottom, so you just jump off the wall and you land in the puffy blocks of foam. Well, here there wasn't. It was one of those little tether things, and you just kind of lean off the wall, and it lowers you down slowly. He gets yeah. three quarters of the way up, and he looks down, and he says, "Dad, how do I get down?" And I was like, "But it, you, you're attached to the thing. Like you just you just fall off the wall." He's like, "No, no, I don't." Like, I, like he started freaking out. And I was yeah. like, "Dude, you climb these things all the time. What is going on?" You know, like and it it was like a uh, man, this is going to take some work. It, and it was funny because it got to the point where when I finally told him, I said, "Okay, fine, you can you can just come down." Um, that he finally chose to go up because um, he was like, no, I'm getting down, I'm getting down. How do I get down? How do I get down? And I was like, buddy, yeah. you're okay. You got it. Push. You know, I'm trying to encourage him to go. And then I was finally like, you know what, buddy? You're fine. Just just start to work your way down. And then yeah. he looked down and started to go. And he's like, nope, I'm ringing the bell. And he started going up. And I was like, well, I right when I thought I was trying to like, I don't know what the right <laughs> answer is. You know, I can't figure it out. But so like, I don't know what to do to encourage him to do certain things. But you know, it's, uh, I don't know. it's it, a trial and error, I guess, everywhere I go. Yeah, well, I think that's the key message of parenting in general is just tell your kids the opposite of what to do. <laughs> they will do the opposite. So. <laughs> yep, there we go. Yeah. I want you to climb. I'll tell you to get down and then you'll right. know how to climb. So, yeah, that's, that's valid. Yeah. But man, oh, man, that's funny. Yeah. But yeah. what uh, what sort of things do you, uh, to pivot a little bit, what sort of fun things do you guys do as a family? I think I read that you, you like to uh, to travel a lot and do, um, you know, like you got a camper. Is that right? You guys go out to yeah. uh, a camper? Yeah. So, so yeah, we, like, we fun we, things you guys like to do. Yeah. So we, we just got a, um, about a year ago, we, we just got a Sprinter van. So we, we, we were oh, one nice. of those families with the converter Sprinter. And, um, and yeah, we still so are starting to take that out a bit more. And um, we just got back from a, 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 a fun, like Montana trip that we did like you know up through montana it was really great so that's that's a lot of fun we we uh my parents live in in hawaii now so that gives us a nice little vacation nice. destination to go to so we go uh we travel out there um and um and yeah just try to go on uh, and and that was one of the reasons too like during covid i think one of the benefits that happened was we were able to close down um our our corporate office and uh sold the corporate office and I was so grateful for this because I've always been an advocate of like, you know, being able to have great family at, or life just, you know, at home balance with, with work. And, um, you know, the idea of going into an office was always rubbing on me. Like, just like, yeah. why are we doing this? You know, why? And I, I understand it to some degree that some people do need to go in the offices. But from our standpoint, it was just like, well, we're going, I'm going to work. I'm sitting in two hours of traffic. I get to the office and I go into my office and occasionally i'll talk to people and you know we can we can actually do that on these devices that we now have but mm-hmm. so, you know but um so anyway covid allowed us to close down shop and it gave a good excuse for that and voila it worked and um everybody at home working so that that really allowed us to kind of go on like more mini adventures at home and and do some of those things so like it also allowed us to to have the geographical arbitrage to to move away from California into mm-hmm. Colorado, where you know there's just more outdoor life, more stuff we can we can do uh, without battling the traffic, the fires, all that stuff, and um, um, and yeah, just just have a higher quality of life out here. So yeah, so we're and, and more access to different parts of the country, which I've never been to, and that's been exciting. 
Awesome. Yeah. And I, I love that area out there. It's a beautiful, yeah. like, I mean, Colorado itself is just so gorgeous. I, I love traveling out there and visiting and doing stuff. And so I'm pretty jealous. I would love to, like, personally, I would really want a house in Colorado. I mean, yeah. I live in Florida, so I'd love to have a house in Colorado to be able to go to in the winter, be able to, like, just, it doesn't matter what time of year. I'd love all of the outdoor stuff that's in Colorado. So whether it's hiking, biking, um, snowboarding, whatever. So yeah, I'm, that's, that's a beautiful area you chose to go to. So. Yeah. Good on you. Well, there's a there's a few GoBros that split their time between Colorado and and Florida. You should just join, yeah, the, join the join the. They should have a micro tribe or something. Which yeah, I, and I'll totally jump in on that one and try sure. to figure out how yeah. to do it. You know, I talked to Kurt, Kurt a lot about it, and um, you know, because he's he does the same thing. But yeah, um, uh, but so focus. I want to go back to the kids in the business. Like, um, are, are your kids at all involved right now in the family business and what are their thoughts thus far about the family business? So, yeah, I have not introduced them to the idea of joining the family business and, um, and it's, it's not my intention to do so. Um, and, uh, and, and that, so they're not involved in it now. I mean, only to the extent that, you know, say we were involved early on, but, um, you know, with with regard to our company, um, you know, we we have uh, uh, it's it, going through four four generations. There's certainly a legacy aspect to it, but there was also, you know, for me, um, kind of coming into the business, um, there was a bit of an excitement there, but there was a bit of an obligation too, and mm-hmm. that that I want to that I want to um, you know. Uh, uh, not protect my kids from, but, you know, uh, help my kids avoid so that they can, you know, be in charge of their own destiny. Because there, there's a lot like, you know, thinking that like, well, this is the, you know, this is the path for me, like going into the family business and doing mm-hmm. this thing. Um, it, 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 while it was rewarding and while, you know, I'm, 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 I'm happy to, you know, run a company. I'm very blessed with what I do. You know, early on it, it also kind of, you know, um, it, it it narrowed my focus or narrowed my mindset on what else I could do. And I think that's where I was trapped in my own head early on was like, you know, well, I'm just doing this business thing, kind of just biding my time until, until, you know, I, I learn some things or they have a place for me or whatever, or, or what have you. And it didn't feel very fulfilling or as fulfilling as I, as I thought it would mm-hmm. early on. And I just didn't give myself, and this was, this is it. There's nobody in, in the previous generations to blame, but it didn't give me the the uh, um, I guess the the courage or, or the the wherewithal to like actually think outside of like well what else is possible you know what yeah. what else is what 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 else can I be doing or could I do more things at once or you know is there is there other opportunities so I want to give my kids the freedom to look at what they want to achieve and and do it and not be restricted by these ideas of like well you know artists can't make money so it's not a good career or yeah. well you know this isn't a good path because it's just too hard to get into it's like no i figured out the exact opposite by being surrounded by people like um you know people at GoBundance, i've seen like wow these people are doing amazing things that i've heard in my life uh, you know only you know uh, that it is impossible but they're showing us that it can be done yeah so it's like yeah that's incredible so you know just in that just in that process of surrounding ourselves with the community, you know, we've been able to make some changes, but it's a long form answer of just saying, yeah, no, I don't, I don't want to introduce them. If they find interest in it, I'm going to sit down with them and have a very, very uh, clear conversation with them about what that looks like. 
mm-hmm. and how that, how that, what that means and the challenges and the difficulties. Um, cause there are a lot of challenges and difficulties that I didn't, I didn't expect or understand. You know, it's, it's even in a family business, especially in a family business. Yeah. It's very lonely, um, being in the top spot because all of a sudden you could become a totally different person to mm-hmm. the people that even your family members, which is, uh, is challenging. And so I have yeah. a lot more respect for my dad on that front for what he went through and what he had to go. And, and he ran the company for 25 years and grew the company to where it is today. And, uh, just understanding like, wow, you know, I, I get it. And, and, you know, if I ever saw you as some, as an individual, as, as a, as, um, you know, CEO dad over dad, dad, uh, at any point, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, because that's, uh, that's, it's, it's, it's pretty lonely. Man, I would imagine. Yeah. 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 Um, did your dad have conversations with you about that as you were you know, coming into the business? You felt like, I mean, it sounded like you said you, you felt like it was going to be like the path is already laid. You got to, you got to ride on it. But like, what kind of conversations did your dad have with you about the business as you were growing up? Yeah, we didn't have we didn't have a lot, um, and uh, and so I, I wonder, um, and, and we still haven't had a lot about how he felt back then. But I, I wonder how he felt when he was kind of building the foundation for for the business that would would become, um, because uh, that if he, if he didn't want us like if he wanted to avoid us joining the company too, because to avoid a lot of the struggles that he was having, mm-hmm. but. Um, um, but I, I don't know that for sure. But by the time I graduated from college, it was you know clear he was excited to have me come in. Um, and and while I didn't have any expectations with regard to that, I mean, so we're we're a a pretty you know pretty sizable company. We're 150 employees. There's a there's you know about I don't know 15 uh, family members within the company at various various areas. So I didn't really have any expectations about you know yeah. what positions I would be in, but. My goal, of course, was to was to you know was to build some opportunities and things like that. I think that where I was stuck was just I was doing some roles that like you know didn't really fit who I was, you know, mm-hmm. in sales and 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 things like that. I'm just not a sales guy, and uh, and and it didn't really. I, so I didn't really I didn't really find my vibe, and that wasn't the company's fault. That wasn't anybody previous. That was just my fault for not really digging in and. Also being in the midst of struggling with my own, my own problems. Um, I just wasn't healthy at that time to, to understand that. But, um, but I think, uh, um, but, you know, but yeah, the, uh, my dad did a really, he, he was very, um, intentional about not influencing the outcome of things or, or saying like, you know, Hey, you should do this or that. He really was in. He really wanted us to forge our own. And when I say us, my brother and sister are also in the business. Um, he really wanted us to forge our own path. You know, almost to the opposite degree, where it was. You know, w- we were facing like both ends of the of the. You know, non-family management was kind of resentful of us for being in the business, but we also weren't getting a lot of direction or guidance mm-hmm. in. in to, to do that so we were getting it, it was that was kind of the way and i see i understand where he was coming from but it was also kind of like you know yeah we we just didn't we we didn't have a lot of visibility into into what was happening or anything like that so you're um so you said that your dad let you forge your own path but yet you also said earlier that you you felt like you still had to take that path 
anyways, so where did the feeling that you had to take the path come from if he was saying that he he wanted you to forge your own path? Where did the yeah, obligation it, come from on your side? So it, that was pretty much internal. So that was my that was my feeling like and it really my limiting belief. It was it was my feeling that like maybe a self-worth problem or something like that, but that I was that I was stuck, even though I might not have been stuck. Mm-hmm. It was just like, you know, I there were many, many layers between where I was at in the company and and you know where my dad was. So there was the only communication we had was like really family things and events. So getting a lot so my primary communication with managers and things like that was was just kind of like um was like, well, this is all we have right now. And I just didn't have the internal tools or or the internal mindset to actually, you know, to 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 push harder. And again, I was just I was in a bad mental state at that time anyway, just mm-hmm. with all of my personal stuff. Okay. So um how do you see it? Because it almost sounded like the, you're trying to go down a similar path with your kids that your dad went with you, but yet you still felt the obligation to go. So I'm just curious, like how, how, how are you <laughs> going to try to make it a different path so that they don't feel that obligation? Um, but I mean, the, obviously you mentioned the obligation was internal, so they, they, they're going to have different feelings than you more than likely just because they're different human beings. But um, how yeah. are you going to try to make it different besides you know that, that intentional conversation you mentioned? Well, I appreciate you asking that question because that that's really like the, the first time I thought of it in that way, in terms of like, you know, that I might be doing the same thing that, <laughs> you know, and, um, and yeah, but I, I think my, my, yeah, so I, you know, I, I try to be very open and honest about with them now about like what's happening in the business and, um, and some of the challenges we face and, and all of that. And, and they've never made any indication that that's, that's a direction that they would want to go. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, where I'm at now um, is is as I as I engage with my kids, I really just try to open the door to like when they talk about a passion or something that they that they have in their mind. My goal with the mindset that I have is is to encourage them to follow that, follow whatever it is. Not think of like you know, not think of this financial security first. That that will you know that that will they'll figure out a way to take they'll figure a way to take care of that. But if they have a drive to to do something, whether it be engineering or music or or art or something like that, you know, let's lean into that passion and think of a business model or some kind of opportunity that you can get into with that. I I I, I mean, I don't know if this was the same way that you grew up, but I mean, I grew up when I was during that time. It, I was, um, you know, we didn't. I wasn't exposed to the idea of like, well, you, you can invest your way to like a freedom of lifestyle and all this kind of stuff. It's a relatively new concept. And for us, it was like, yeah, go to college, find a career and, uh, and stick with it until you retire. And so that, I think that perspective is shifting now. And so I'm trying to kind of help my kids understand that even as I try to try to learn about it from other people who have gone way far down that more, Mm -hmm. much farther down that path than I have. Okay. Yeah. That's a, I mean, I think it's going to be a constant battle in your brain to yeah. try and figure out, you know, how to, how to pull that off. Cause I'm, I'm doing the same thing with my kids. Cause like my son told me the other day, he's like, I either want to be in the air force like you and mommy, or I want to be a police officer. And I, which is like me and mommy, oh, right? Just, like that's, we do the same, yeah. so we, you know, and I was thinking to myself, man, I do not want that for you. Right. Like, I mean, right. I want it. I, I, I grew up and it was like, I went straight into the military out of high school because 
well, that's what that's what my parents did. I don't know any difference. Like college was one of those that yeah, that's that's what people with money do. I don't like <laughs> that's not me. I'm just going to go join the military. Um, uh, so I mean, if that's what he ends up wanting to do, if that's what they end up wanting to do, then I'm totally down with all three of them doing that. If that's truly what they want to do, but I want them yeah. to be able to to forge their own path and chase those things. And um, it's a fine line between like holding puppet strings and um, just letting him go off in the wild. I, I don't, I, I've yet to figure out how I want to do it, but the conversations yeah. I like to have are just like more along the let's, uh, let's just chase your thought process down, you know, cause I yeah. want it to be authentically you, not just because that's what dad and mom do, you know, like, and I, and I don't know. It's, I think it's only going to get harder as they become older, not easier, you know? So I'm trying to see if I can, make the conversation easier later right now. So I, yeah. I, I don't know if that's a possible thing. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to know your thought process on this. Cause it's, it, I obviously I'm struggling with it too, with, with our kids. And I think it's just, it, you're right. It is a constant struggle, but like, you know, having, having gone through that, you know, the military background through, um, through the path you took, which was obviously very structured, you know, path mm-hmm. and then building a business now, you know, is, is that something you would encourage your, would, would you, would you, more likely to encourage your kids to start down the path of like building a business and, and then, you know, finding the thing that they want to do or, or what what are your thoughts on that? So the way that I keep talking to my, because like even my four-year-old, like the the eight-year-old and the four-year-old will talk back and forth about what they want to do and how, what they want to, you know, with the four-year-old, it changes every other week because he's four. All right. Right. But it allows me to have good conversations, at least in my brain, they're good conversations, whether or not they are for them. I don't know. But, um, uh, I try to kind of meld their desires with my desires for them. Right. So, um, Rourke, I think it was Rourke or maybe it was Adam. I don't remember which one, but said they talked about, Oh man, it'd be so cool to be a construction worker because then I could do blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know, it'd be even better. I was like, if you were to grow or buy a construction company, right? Mm. Because then you could still get on that construction equipment that you think would be so much fun, but you get to manage the process and like be able to control the company and be able to have control the growth where if you're just the one driving the tractor, you don't get to do that and try to have yeah. that sort of conversation. So, um, where I, you know, um, it's almost the, uh, well, maybe not quite, but, um, I was going to say, it's almost like the, the buy then build type thing, right. Where, uh, I don't know if you've read that book, but if you have, yeah. it's phenomenal. Um, yeah. uh, but it, it like, I, I want them to be able to think differently because I had zero concept of even really what a savings account was, let alone investing or anything until I got married. So mm-hmm. my life completely flipped upside down when I got married. Like it was it was so eye opening. Um she my wife is is a saver by by nature. Like I mean her um her mom was born and raised in Cuba. Um mm. so I think that just like that that background in history is like a hey you just hoard what you have and make sure that yeah. you know you you're you you only put it out for the things that you need to. And for me, I was a spender because that's what I saw, you know. Mm-hmm. Um uh so I just want to show the options as much as possible that what's out there and I talk about my business a lot and like w- like the flexibility that it gives us and other like um I I'm doing what I can to softly steer without taking control of the wheel. You know, like mm, if I can yeah. show some guardrails, but still let them control, control it. That'd be great. But I just want my guardrails to be really wide. Um, Cause again, if they want to join the military, then go and join the military. Like, but just know that you have other options. Right. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, it's 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 a it's a it's a tough. I mean, and I, I feel like that's like the the that's a it's a the best way we could go about doing that is 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 try to provide some guidance, let them forge their own path, and really, I think for me, it's like where my kids are at now. They want nothing to do with the family business. It's just yeah. like you know they're teenagers and all this kind of stuff. But you know, my thought is, it's like if if they're in college and they see you know a particularly good time happening at Hill Brothers and like you know we're we're doing well. And they're saying like, yeah, well, what would, and I'm like, okay, well, we're going to have a very serious conversation about what that looks like and really map out the details on, on how that looks. Mm -hmm. And there's a, there's a level of, I think, transparency that has to happen there about like, you know, what, what the expectations might be, you know, where their mental space is at and, and how, um, and, and what the, what the potential opportunities might be versus what they, what they, what their capabilities are. I mean, we've, we've made a lot of changes since I started within the company too. It was like, uh, when I started, it was kind of like, well, yeah, there's, Hey, there's a job in R and D. Why don't you just jump in there and, and do that? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, for 150 co a person company back in 2002, that's still kind of a, uh, like a, you know, interesting way of doing it. But now it's like, you know, we've, we've developed systems. We've developed like, you know, we're, we're developing like more personality profiles for how people fit mm -hmm. the right people in the right seats. We're running on EOS where we're yeah. doing all of these things. And so they have to fit into that whole concept of it. And they have, you know, and if, if they want to be joining the company, and if you're to ask me personally right now, would I want them to join the company? Um, the answer is probably no, not because I don't like, you know, the company, I don't like what I do, but I just, I, I feel, I guess, a sense of discomfort with you know the idea that 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 they would want to do something out of obligation to maybe make me yeah. feel good um and i know that that was certainly part of my rationale was like yeah i wanted to make you know i wanted to you know make my dad proud kind of thing mm -hmm. you know i wanted to do that and you know if i if i if i achieve that yeah maybe i think you know done a pretty good job but is that is that really the thing that you know or do we want to really serve the world in the best way we know how my kids are brilliant they have so much opportunity and they have so much you know um capability to give so much to the world and um and i want them to serve the way in the best way they know how that aligns with the way that they're going to be fulfilled so that's what my hope is for them yeah very good yeah i mean it's uh it's a tough balance that's for sure yeah. right i mean uh do you know frank smallen no. Oh, no, I the do. Yeah. Go yeah. bonus guy. Yeah. So yeah. he's, he's another one that, I mean, his, his family business, you know, and I chatted with yeah. him a little bit. Um, I think our, the podcast I had with him was released last week or, um, at the time of this recording anyways, last week. Um, but, uh, you know, he's, he's been struggling with the same thing. So it might be good for you guys to get on a call and just kind of say, yeah. Hey, how, do, how do you guys, you know, what are you thinking? How are you working back and forth? Um, uh, because he also had brothers in the business and, you know, so it was, it was interesting chatting with him about all that. Cause like my, my business isn't, you know, um, like ADPI, uh, is not a family business, right? Like we're mm -hmm. a bunch of, you know, military folks and uh, military spouses that are, are running it. Um, uh, but I've got my own personal investment stuff that I'd love to be able to to share with the boys. And, and, yeah. and now, boy, this is, this has been a struggle over the last three months. I keep saying the boys forgetting that now I have a daughter, not forgetting that I have a daughter, but for the last, you know, years, I've been just saying the boys, but the kids, I'd love to get the kids involved with all of this stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, I've convinced Adam to invest in properties. He's ready to go. Like, Oh, I that's mean, awesome. I, yeah. So, 
um, I talked to him about investing. And um, do you know who the Tuttle Twins are? No. So the Tuttle Twins are this uh, uh, these guys that um, they started off in like sales and something or other, but um, they they've got a a, a series out. Um, so I've got Angel Studios or Angel 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 something or other, but it mm-hmm. um, it's an app that I've got on my. Uh, Apple TV that I can watch all of my Netflix and all the stuff that I can put like different uh, filters on. So the kids don't hear certain curse words or it takes away, you know, certain scenes that they don't need to be seeing and stuff like that. Um, uh, but uh, the, the Tuttle Twins have like a series on there that teaches kids about all sorts of different, like, I mean, history stuff. And I mean, there was one they were watching today about Bitcoin. And it's like teaching about Bitcoin. Oh, yeah. and all this, like, like it was super cool to, um, to, to go through. And, uh, and now I'm completely forgetting where I was going with this. Um, what was I talking about the right fam- before fam- that? Family business kind of stuff, yeah. I don't even remember. Like I don't, I don't know. What was, <laughs> I don't, I don't remember what I was going to say. But uh, um, boy, it was really good too. I promise. It was. It would have <laughs> been like mind blowing, life changing for you. Um, but yeah, but yeah. Now I can't remember what the heck it was. Um, well. Well, you're as you trying to do one of these yeah, sort of things. Yeah, no, I, I was trying too. to. So I was trying to turn off the uh, video and make sure that I could like. Oh, no, that didn't work. Come on, didn't no, work. no, it did it. Come yeah. on, did it? All right, well, my, oh, hang on one second. Let me let me just shut it off for like a few seconds. See if that works. Sorry about that. I um, you're fine. Yeah, little. little uh, I mean, oh, I brought God. in. I brought in a crying kid earlier, so I mean, I can't <laughs> complain about your your uh, camera. Ooh, you know? Come on. Okay. Maybe if I shut the thing and then open it. Ah, voila. Ah, okay. there you Good. go. <laughs> See, that's why I should have huh? gone into IT. I don't know. But anyway. I um, <laughs> started off and restarted. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, and, you know, to your point about like that, that first generation of like, you know, you, you've built this thing and you want them to be a part of like that, the, the investment kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of value too, though. I mean, there, there's, there's a big I, I guess there's a big dis- difference though with with regard to like the the generational aspect like like you know from from one to two it's like there's this exciting you're still building it, it might be building it together there's a lot of first and second generation businesses out there whereas like when you when you get farther down the chain it it becomes more like running a um an organ like not like a like a um uh what's the uh what's the word i'm looking for uh well because you you start to get more like like in the fourth generation you have the second cousins like you know mm-hmm. you know what i mean like these are people that i've barely met before and they're like saying hey how's my dividend looking this year and i'm like uh you know okay and you know it's just like so so it's like it's 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 a little less connected as a family than it would be like right in that initial first and second generation yeah which is like super powerful there's just this this idea that like as you evolve with the with the family and the and the generations they're just they're just gets to be more um you know uh you know more management of the family kind of stuff which is which becomes very uh that becomes its own challenge too um and uh, uh and 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 ownership kind of gets diluted into like many many family members and mm-hmm. things like that so um so to that degree it's it it like you know when people think of like oh you're running a family business you so so you own it i'm like no no <laughs> it's like yeah no this is like this is like a, a there's like you know there's there's a a about 60 owners that are you know still running wow. this whole thing and, and it's not like we're yeah so it's so 
Yeah, there's, it's there's a lot to work with. Jeez. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's there's a bit of a master class I could probably do on on how not to do succession planning, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really just want to be able to uh, set myself up enough that the kids see opportunity wherever they look, because yeah. there's op- there is opportunity everywhere you look. Like there's. Um, it it's all what's up here, right? Uh, it's all what's up right. in your head, right? Because if you tell yourself that there's opportunity nowhere, there's going to be opportunity nowhere. And I'm saying this right after just talking to somebody recently about how difficult it is to find real estate deals right now. There are things <laughs> out there. There's got to be, right? There's got to be. I don't know where they are, yeah. there's, but I know they're out there. Um, uh, but I want the kids to know, like, hey, you you have opportunity in front of you. Um, you yeah. have a, a wealth of knowledge um, uh, at your fingertips, whether it's, you know, uh, mom, dad, um, grandpa, a GoBundance friend, like whoever, you have got an ample amount of opportunity in front of you. Um, if me, a guy who, uh, when I was young, literally used to shake up powdered milk, right? Because we, we didn't buy the regular milk, we had to buy the powdered milk. Um, yeah. Can eventually get to the point where I'm, I'm buying, you know, multi-million dollar apartment buildings, uh, then, my kids certainly have a, a leg up on it and an and opportunity in front of them and that I hope they don't spoil. Um, yeah. and, and, and by saying that, I'm saying that I hope I don't spoil it for them, right? Because I, I can really, you know, and I think it was a little bit in what you were saying too, we can really, you know, tamper down what, what the, the excitement that they may have in one way, shape or form about anything. And I really don't want to do that. Like I, I want to be able to, to see that excitement that they have and help grow it, not, yeah. you know, stamp it down. Yeah, well, that, that's one of the one of the bigger bigger fears I have as a parent is is the fact that you know I'm sitting here talking about my dad and like you know he was wonderful and I'm talking about some of the some of the the places I wish he would have done or things like that. The thing is, like it, it, you know, he did a great job the best he can, and, and so are we. And like the thing that terrifies me is there's something that we've done that we might not know that's uh-huh. screwing them up, you know, at some point yes. in their lives. And, the heck and out it's of like, me. yeah. So it's like, what, what is that thing? What's, what's my blind spot? What are we doing wrong? And, um, and yeah, it's like, well, yeah, I just kind of got to step back and kind of accept it. Let go, let God and, and, you know, just do the best we can and, and know that, you know, if, the, if there's that we're not perfect, I guess, and just, you know, yeah. hope, hope for the best. And, you know, um, yeah, I, 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 I just, I want to give my kids the sensation and the, and the belief to know, I guess that the one thing that I want to get them to understand is that, you know, within the grounds of, of the law and, and, you know, and, and physics, that they are free, that they have mm-hmm. freedom to do whatever, you know, that they, they want to do. And, and, um, and if that means like, Hey, joining the company, they don't like it. They want to leave. Then they, and they leave then, Hey, that's, that's great. Or they, or they want to, start their own thing and, and do that. That's, that's great. And, and, you know, and, and just hopefully guide them in a direction that is moral and ethical and that they, that they enjoy and gives them fulfillment and happiness. So, yeah. yeah. And that's, I think all that most parents want for their kids, right? Yeah. Be able to, to see that joy and happiness on their face all the time. Um, I don't think that's a, a, a reasonable expectation because they're going to be upset at us as you, yes. as, again, going back to the fact that my four-year-old came in here and was crying on, on camera already, but, uh, <laughs> it's oh, a real, a real, real life folks. Yep. <laughs> so tell me a, a spot maybe right now as a father that you're really struggling with, um, that, uh, um, you know, maybe, uh, 
maybe I might be able to help out with, or maybe somebody listening would be able to help out with, or just something that you want to be able to, to chat about and be vulnerable about and kind of work through. Yeah. I think, um, you know, one of the, one of the biggest challenges that I'm having right now is I'm, I am, you know, is, is everything's kind of competing for attention, you know, running mm-hmm. a company, running, um, building a personal brand and, you know, trying to, trying to have some fulfillment there and, you know, making sure I'm being intentional about, you know, this time with, with my kids. And I think that that's, that's the ongoing, I think I would, I would say that that's probably a, a, a big challenge for me as far as making sure I have the time and making sure I'm, I'm creating the right amount of energy for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know like some of the things I'm working through right now are just like, well, within Hill Brothers, what can, what can I delegate? I need a sales and marketing director. I need, you know, I need to, um, um, you know, I need to delegate certain tasks. We need to get through some certain things, but I want to make sure I'm being intentional and making that space to make sure I have time for the family too. So what are you doing right now to make sure that happens? So right now I am uh, actively digging into find a particularly a sales and marketing director because that is taking up a lot of my time. Currently I'm mm. operating a CEO and sales and marketing and um and it's a lot it's a lot of it's a lot of work and I'm um you know frankly just kind of spreading myself too thin. Mm-hmm. So finding that role, getting that integrated and then allowing myself to actually uh um you know uh free up that time to actually spend would be hugely valuable. And then the other thing I'm doing is in, and a lot of this is just hiring other people, which I'm not good at. I've never done like, like a a lot before. Uh, I've done it a few times within Hill brothers, but we don't hire a lot. We just have a lot of, Mm -hmm. we don't have a lot of turnover, but, um, but even in, in my personal brand, it's like, Oh, you know what? I'm not, I'm not making a ton of revenue right now, but I need to start hiring, which is also a scary prospect yeah. because I, I can't be doing it all. Um, I know we were, we were talking a little earlier about the idea of like, you know, producing a podcast and doing all of these aspects. And that's, you know, those are some areas where it's like, I need to be able to delegate a lot of this stuff that, that mm-hmm. I don't have to be doing so that I can free my time up to actually be, um, be more present. That would be valuable. So what, uh, let's say you have your hire. Right now, you just found yeah. your sales and marketing director, and they're in the seat. What are you doing different tomorrow? What's going yeah. on your schedule, and what's coming off your schedule tomorrow? So, yeah, what's coming off my schedule are a, a number of meetings that I have to have for sales. And um, what what that means is I is I open the door to my office, um, and I walk outside, and I uh, sit down with my daughter, and I just have conversations, or I play volleyball with her. Or I just be more present in the home with them, and um, and you know I, I stop thinking or or not not thinking. That's not a uh, I'll never stop doing that. Although my wife and kids would probably tell me that I never do it in the first place. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I I stop I guess ruminating on on work related issues in that case. Once I start to delegate a lot of that stuff out, so um, so I can spend more time um actually just being present with the kids taking them to the water park um taking off off uh uh you know weekdays to actually go take the van out and and do some things um doing the things that they want to do and not forcing them to do the things that i think we should do because of Mm -hmm. father kid stuff you know what i mean yeah how much time would you say is split up right now uh ceo to sales and marketing uh, 
it's it's probably it's probably about sixty forty right now. Okay. And yeah, and so I need to spend more time on that visionary aspect of of CEO versus salesman. Mm-hmm. So I if it were me sitting in that seat, that would be my fear is that I'm gonna start to put I'm gonna fill that other forty percent with the yeah with the visionary side and sitting and ruminating on that stuff. So how yeah. are you planning to be intentional about doing that volleyball, going out there and talking and getting in the van? Like there's again the the plan the planning is is priceless. The plans are useless. So <laughs> let's like it's working good. through the planning side of it, like what what is it that you are going to do that is going to help you be intentional with that as opposed to just filling the void. Yeah. So my wife and I, um, we have the most valuable. uh, So I say EOS has been valuable for our business, right? Mm -hmm. We actually, we've implemented it an EOS family thing too. I was just thinking about doing something like that. Anyway, sorry. It's so great. Yeah. So, um, so we've implemented, we implemented uh, a level 10 meeting in our own household. Nice. where my wife and I meet. And um, this was, so, you know, obviously the struggles my daughter's been through, she hasn't been involved in that. We haven't forced our son to be involved in it, but we may start to include them in a secondary meeting of that nature too. But in that meeting, it's been so valuable because we've been able to hold ourselves accountable to these kinds of things. We've been mm-hmm. able to set the tasks, set the goals and, and, you know, use the f- very same, I think, um, ways that I add value within Hill Brothers to add value in, in, in the home, which sounds very cold and callous when it comes out of my mouth, but it's actually, you know, it works because yeah. it, it, it makes it so that, you know, those things get on the schedule and it just doesn't get squeezed by, by other stuff. Yeah. Um, when it's a, on a to-do list, when, it, when, when we're talking through this and we're saying, all right, you know, my, um, you know, my, my to-dos for this week are, you know, play, play volleyball three or four times with Sarah or, you know, do this with Zachary or what have you, then I can, um, you know, then I showing up the next week and say, oh, I didn't do that because of Hill Brother stuff. Wow, man, I look like a jerk. So there's yeah. an accountability piece there. Um, and, uh, and I think that would, I think that kind of thing helps to, to put that in place. But yeah, that's been, that's, level 10 meeting has been invaluable for us i hope that you don't have any wrong person wrong seat issues inside the family <laughs> that that'll be an interesting if, one to work out <laughs> yeah if if it is you know it's me so i'm yeah that makes me nervous <laughs> Hire, hiring and firing based off of our uh core values right. and sorry sorry yeah. pops you're just not cutting it so i i don't i don't dare to put together an accountability chart that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> no people analyzer please no people analyzer. Right. thank you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been truly enjoying EOS and, and we're, we're implementing it in ADPI and it's been, uh, it's been interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm, st- when did you start implementing it? So we started implementing it at Hill Brothers about a year and a half ago. And okay. I'll, yeah, it's been amazing for us. I, it's, it's been, it's been the world. And, and one of the, you know, within the first few years of, of taking over the company, one of the biggest challenges is, is like, you know, all right, your some of your family becomes your employees. You know, mm-hmm. some of these legacy employees have worked there for forty years. See, you know, this new guy come in, and you know, he's a young guy. You used to remember in diapers or whatever. And it's like, it's like, all right, yeah, okay, we're we're uh, reporting to him. Yeah, okay, but and so like it, it getting to that getting to that place where you know there was the credibility and accountability. We needed a system, and I realized mm-hmm. that we need a system that demonstrates that this is the Hill Brothers way. This is the way we're doing things. Yeah. And um and that part has been just incredibly invaluable. It's it's improved our accountability and our 
our structure. It's opened our eyes to things that we, to blind spots. And, you know, over that time, our revenue has grown 50%, you know, for a legacy company, that's huge. So, um, so, and, and we're, we're building to a more sustainable organization. So it's been, it's been very beneficial to us. What kind of struggles did you have at the beginning of implementing EOS? Uh, we had, I, I, we weren't accustomed to, so our organization, when I, when I took it over, um, you know, we were, we kind of plateaued and then we were starting this downward kind of trajectory of like, no, no, not a new, lot, not a new, sorry, not a lot of new ideas, not a lot of, mm-hmm. uh, things or anything like that. And, um, and so we, my first year we like dropped down to, you know, we, we were starting to lose a little money and the next year we lost a lot of money. And then, you know, it was like, okay, well, we've got to really start turning this thing around. That's when we started thinking about systems, but we, so we, we kind of, we kind of, um, scaled down our expenses to the bare minimum and started rebuilding a little bit at that time. Mm -hmm. So when we implemented it, we were just kind of like that coming back to that break even point. And, um, and so the hardest thing about implementing it for us was selling it to, you know, a lot of the employees who hadn't been used to a system before. Um, but uh and and that was hard with an organization of 150 yeah but no ultimately getting getting the course uh five five of us on the leadership team aligned mm-hmm. that this was the right thing to do that was the the core thing to get it moving in the right direction hey again <laughs> uh the um one th- one thing that i it's opened a lot of our eyes to a lot of different things going on inside yeah. the company that, that, uh, you know, some, uh, wrong person, wrong seat issues and all the things that we just didn't, you know, as we were growing, it didn't really, we just plugged people where, where we needed help. Right. And now it's like, yeah. no, we need to put people where they're, uh, where they're the best asset in that spot. Right. And that's been, uh, uh, an eye opening experience trying to work through all of that. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's kind of led to, I think, at the beginning, and we're working through that now, but at the beginning, it's almost felt like it was leading to less like actual sales happening. Um, and I don't know if that was just a byproduct of all the changes happening and that's going to be going on. Like, I don't know if that's a normal thing. I don't know, you know, um, you know we're being told that it is, but it doesn't feel normal, right? <laughs> yeah, know? right. <laughs> but, it, but we started working through it and it's it's, uh, it's on the, the right trajectory now. But I, I wasn't sure, like, is that something that you saw as well? Or, um, you know, maybe because you were already on the downslope anyways, you didn't, it was it not really noticeable at that point. Yeah, we, we didn't we didn't see a lot of loss in sales. Um, what what we did see was a little more focus, which was which was great. Yeah, I we mean, definitely got that. Yeah, yeah, and and that that was helpful because as a chemical company, our our you know product. I mean, we have something like two thousand item codes, and it's wow. just it's it's you know in in the ways in which these can be shipped. There's a lot of complexities within our organization, yeah. naturally built in complexities. And so, um, the way, I mean, so it allowed us to really look at our company as like, all right, focusing down on the right kind of sales, what really good at what our key core uniques are, which is like, you know, we realized that we're really good within this geographical range of a hundred miles of our, of our, of our facilities. We're really good with bulk, bulk deliveries, you know, and, and doing this kind of stuff, but we do a lot of like, you know, package stuff. So why are we, why are we doing as much of that? And, and so it allowed us to kind of shift our focus without just like cutting the cord completely. Yeah. But like, you know, moving the needle or moving the trajectory in the right direction to yeah. make sure that we're focused on the right things. So yeah, sales sales haven't gotten volume haven't gone down. Yeah. Um, but I have heard that that is that is a part of it and certainly okay. yeah, uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, it was, uh, and now and now my daughter has arrived. Well, my au pair is stealing my blueberries now. What the heck? <laughs> We're just coming in here eating my blueberries. You guys got a lot of lady. blueberries over there. Come say hello. Nance to his sleep. Oh, say hi. Say hi. No. <laughs> oh, she's cute. <laughs> she is. I agree. You should see her mom. That's why. Huh. Yeah. Well, did I forget to put that in? Well, now I'm being told I need to get to work and go put in a, an air filter. All oh, right. nice. So, man, oh, man. <laughs> I wish that they loved their sister. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you guys are crazy. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> there you go. All right. You guys just take the, take the blueberries. Go ahead. Go ahead, take the blueberries. <laughs> These crazy kids, I tell you what. So what do you do if your kids come into your office and try to steal all your stuff while you're in the middle of a podcast? Have you ran into that yet? <laughs> I have I have not. You know, fortunately oh. Yeah, fortunately the kids are at an at such an age where they do not want to be on camera and don't want to do anything <laughs> like that. So they're just yeah. like, Yeah, leave yeah. me alone. Yeah. There's like a switch that flips when that happens you, too, by the way. I don't know if you just heard that. My son wants to light a blueberry on fire. Oh. That's, it's just because it's rotten? No. Well, maybe blueberry after I get off this call. Yeah. Yep. Let's just leave the rotten blueberry right here on my desk. Sounds great. Man, oh, man. These kids. I tell you what. Well. <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, on that happy note, um, well, is there anything that you want to cover? Anything else that has been on your mind you want to chat about? Any questions you have for me? Um, I mean, uh, I'd love to uh, make this as productive as possible. I mean, my kids are are trying to get this over with, I think, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you yeah, you got your hands full, and uh, and I just I just have to say you got a you got a this is an awesome platform, awesome show, and Thanks, you've got sir. some great questions here, and I, I really dig it. I really love it. Um, but, um, but yeah, what, uh, what's, what's next for you? What, 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 what advice do you have from, from what you've learned thus far? Do you have any advice as far as the best advice you've heard from, um, as far as, you know, what we can be doing as fathers that might be unconventional or something like that? No, it's a mouthful, but Boy, yeah, I'm just curious. Yeah, it's, and, and it's a difficult one too, because there's, there's so many different things. I, I think what I've, what I've really gathered is there is really no right way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it is way harder to be a good dad than it is to be a bad dad. It's very easy to be a bad dad. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we're doing everything we can to be a good business operator, then why are we not doing everything we can to be a good dad? Right. I mean, those. Right. Um, and the things that I've, I've been saying for, for a while is my kids are like they're my own little businesses. Right. My job is to be the CEO of this business and help that help these children to grow up and hopefully eventually when they're 18 or hopefully maybe even sooner, I just mm-hmm. become a board of advisors. When you need something, give me a call. That's how I'll know I've done a good job. I won't know until then if I've done a good job that they can go run off and be the CEO of their own business. But um, that there is, but there's no magic formula. There's no nothing. We all are struggling with the same type of stuff. We're all trying to work through the same things, but nobody really wants to admit it oftentimes. Um, yeah. You know, and it's, um, I don't really. I have a necessarily a golden nugget to to say from from the different. I mean, every podcast has had golden nuggets in it. Don't get me wrong, but but man, in general, just we're all doing what we can to to you know be the best dads we can. And if anything, I've I've learned that 
you have to talk about it to become better at it, right? And mm-hmm. not enough not enough dads are actually trying to become better dads. And you're not going to become a better dad just by sitting there figuring it all out on your own. So yeah. have the conversations, be engaged with people. It's one of the reasons I love, I mean, we even have a, a, a microtribe inside of GoBundance for Dads, right? A GoDads microtribe where we get to talk about that type of stuff. And, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, just being, I was on a real estate podcast when I, got a, a, a tidbit about, hey, um, uh, I think it was Devin Elders, and he was talking about uh, how he has houses for his kids. And I was like, boy, that is a phenomenal idea. And that's when I started thinking to myself, I, how many other of these ideas of, of other dads can I steal? Like, I really yeah. want to steal all of these good ideas. Um, and that's why I decided I was going to do this. So um, without that conversation, I, you know, I wouldn't, wouldn't have all of this. So it's a Man, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I, in turn, gave you a mouthful of stuff back from your mouthful of questions. So I don't know if that <laughs> actually I have answered to, or not, though. No, so. no, it, it, it really did. I mean, you know what I'm, what I'm hearing there? It's just like, you know, it, it, it's, it's something that we're all, we're all doing our best as long as we're, as long as we're on the, on the track to just feeling like we're, we're, you know, trying to be good dads, yeah. learning from others, learning what others are doing well. And we have so many examples of that in GoBundance, and that's the power of community, in my opinion. So. No, no, I think it's a, I think it's a great answer, and I appreciate it because uh, I still need all the support and help I can get. It's, it's, <laughs> don't we it's, all? It's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's I was listening challenges. to so one thing I always tell the boys is, uh, and soon to be all the kids, um, whenever mm-hmm. my three month old is ready to actually hear me, um, <laughs> is like I don't, I don't need you to be perfect tomorrow, but I want you to be one percent better every day. If you're striving to be better every day, that's great. And yeah. I was listening to a podcast today. Um, I think it was uh, Jordan Peterson and Gad Sad. Um, and, uh, he was talking, to, uh, 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 sad was talking about if you look at a thing in front of you and say, Hey, I need to lose 80 pounds. Like it's very difficult to stay motivated to lose 80 pounds. But if you look mm-hmm. at it and say, okay, well, I, every day that I wake up and I'm measuring myself, I just don't want it to go up. I want to see it go down. And eventually if it goes down every day. If you're doing that thing, or at least on a weekly basis, a daily basis is a little bit tougher, but I don't remember if he's a weekly or daily, but whatever it is, if I jump on the scale and I'm losing and I'm consistently looking at that loss every day, that 80 pounds goes away, but I didn't have this big 80 pound daunting goal in front of me. So if I'm looking Mm -hmm. at that as a, as a dad and I'm thinking to myself, okay, if, if I want my kids, as I tell the boys, I want them to be better men than me. My goal as a dad is to make them better men than me. Like if I'm looking at Mm -hmm. that as the goal, that's a struggle because I've got so much stuff I want to throw at them on a daily basis. But if, if yeah. I now break that down and say, okay, well, I want to pass on a something to them today, as whether it's an example of something I do or whether it's a story I tell them or whether it's, you know, whatever, I want a positive improvement in their life today. And every day yeah. I do that because just to go back to the AA thing, right? I just, I, I just need to not drink alcohol today. I just need yeah. to not screw them up today. And if I can focus on not screwing them up today, then I'll work on tomorrow when that one comes. I love that. Uh, yeah, that's it's. I mean, there's so much value in that. Um, yeah, one one step at a time, one day at a time. Even with the kids, especially with the kids. Yeah, uh, it's powerful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think the, I mean we don't have a choice, right? We, yep. you can't live life any faster than one day at a time. But yet, for some reason, we always try to. Um, oh yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. And it's, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's tough. But, all right. Well, I think that's a, a solid spot to uh, to call this one. So thank you so very much, Adam, for jumping on. Um, if people wanted to uh, listen to your podcast, if people want to reach out to you or anything, how? what is the best way for people to be able to uh, get a hold of you? 
Yeah, all my all my stuff is on my website, Adam uh, at uh, sorry, www.adamcliffordhill.com. Um, cause there's apparently a lot of atoms out there. So, uh, uh, so I needed to use my middle name and, um, and, uh, my, yeah, my Instagram handle, the Adam Hill, uh, and, or I'm sorry, the Adam C Hill and, um, and Adam C Hill on all of the other stuff. If you want to check out flow over fear, it's on Apple podcasts and YouTube at Adam C Hill. And yeah, that's, I think all the stuff. All right. Awesome. Yeah, I saw the C and I wanted to ask you about it because it looks like Adam Chill. Adam right? Chill. Uh, yeah. Right. Uh, but I was like, no, I bet you it's, it's Adam C, you know, and because yes. uh, my I'm also Adam C, only I'm, I'm Charles um, instead of Clifford. But uh, but I was like, man, I've got to ask him about that. And then I completely forgot. So I'm glad you mentioned it. But, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll have all of that in the show notes. Um, but thank you so very much again, Adam, for jumping on. I really look forward to uh, chatting some more in the future. And it was great to get to know you a little bit more. And I hope uh, um, one of my listeners got something out of it. And if they did, then this was a success. So um, thank you again. If you can't stick around for a second, and then we'll, uh, we'll close it out. Absolutely. Thanks, Adam. Right. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to the Biz Dad Podcast. We hope you found some value in your time here with us, and we look forward to bringing you the next episode. If you've enjoyed today's show, please subscribe and share so you and your friends won't miss our upcoming episodes. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Rumble, where we continue these discussions and share more valuable content. Be the dad you know you need to be and run your business in a way you're proud to share with your kids. Keep crushing it.